I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. Dude. Welcome to another edition of J-O-B-I-Podcast. What y'all got going here is genius. No problem. This is the Jack and Knock Podcast. Boy, that escalated quickly. Hello and welcome to the Job and Not Podcast. In this episode of the podcast, we use some adult language and we say a few bad words. You have been warned. Okay, hello, it's me, Dan. It's Job and Not Podcast. And today I have the pleasure of being joined from the Southern Hemisphere, probably the furthest point the Job and Not Podcast can travel at the moment, down to, I believe it's Victoria Falls in Australia. Is that correct, Anthony? Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close with my buddy, um, Elite Trady Anthony is his name on Instagram. But I only know this because you just locked in. It's Anthony Cesar, I believe, correct, dude? <laughs> nah, nah, Casa. Casa. Sorry, mate. Ca- I thought, Cas- thought, you, thought you were some, <laughs> thought you were some <laughs> Greek god there. <laughs> you, you, your forefathers took over Australia and the old uh, Greek thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a good thing I've heard them all day, so <laughs> at least you didn't say Caesar. <laughs> yeah, that would have been number Anthony Caesar. Yeah, yeah. Because actually, Anthony was a Caesar, wasn't he? When you think back. Yeah, well, that's right. It was a big yeah, one, yeah. wasn't he, Anthony? Mm. Hey, well, I'll tell you what, buddy. If, if all else fails in the what's industry, you could probably do a good um, impersonation of a Caesar because you've already got the name. Well, that's, <laughs> that's right to a certain degree. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought you were from Victoria Falls, but is it close by? Is it, are you yeah, there, so it's, yeah, so it's, uh, the state I mean is Victoria. But uh, the area I live in is called Sailors Falls. Sailors Falls, that's it, sorry. Because I, I did ship you something yeah. out uh, the other week, which you'll probably get about six months in the current <laughs> current mail situation. Well, that, yeah, that's <laughs> right, yes. I remember yeah. it's not Victoria Falls, Sailors Falls, because I thought that's a, that's a, that's a uh, pretty yeah. cool It's a pretty cool name. And a lot of the Australian places yeah. that send things, they've either got the most ridiculous name or a really cool name. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Australia. You Aussies have got some mad, mad names for places and really long names for places too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them are pretty long. So I, I haven't been to every single one of them. <laughs> it's a big place though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But you see Australia is an island, don't you? I mean, we do, obviously. We, we're small. I spoke to people from America and stuff and we're small. But Australia is absolutely massive, isn't it? It just doesn't look so big on the map. It's not really put in ratio, I don't think. It's massive. Yeah, yeah. I think I think from where I am, I'm about um, three and a half, four hours from the border. Yeah, where I am. So that's going out to New South Wales, and from the uh, so those big fires we had earlier on this year or last year, anyway, I am about seven hours away from them by car. So it's like that. It's a decent decent amount of uh, distance that you travel to get from A to B the yeah. here. Well, I can remember, um, I can remember the fires. Um, cause obviously I've, I've got, uh, another couple of people, I say a couple, there's quite a few Aussies that I speak to all the time and I was speaking to them to see where they are. Some of them are like the other, on the other coast through the side of Australia. So obviously it's a slightly different ball game. And then there's a few that are close to you. And I, I looked at the map and I can remember sending you a message and going, how's it going on, dude? You know, you look pretty close. 
where really you were miles away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's right. It looked like you were that's close right. from the you know the map where they were putting the fires, and obviously it was really devastating. And we're not making light of it. But what I mean is, no, no. I saw, I saw them, and I thought, oh, bloody, that's close to some people that I know. And I know from seeing some of your stories, it looks like you live a bit out the way. So automatically, yeah. I thought. Bloody hell, Anthony's well, the workshops going up, you know, and thinking, Christ, I won't see if he's all right and drop a few messages. Because I know um, Kilby, uh, who I speak to, uh, and I think yeah. you know, you know Kilby from yeah. speaking to him online, I think he was a bit closer because I remember speaking to him and he was sending uh, stories and you could see the sky changing colour. But even then, I think he yeah. was still a good hour away from them. So that just puts yeah. into perspective how big and how terrifying them fires probably were. That's, yeah, that's right. And then it sort of does give a little bit more of a perspective on how large our country is. Mm, true, that's it. Like I say, again, puts it into complete perspective, how big <laughs> that bloody country is. But with the population, it's a funny one, into Australia, because um, the, the, obviously the population's a lot lower. But I suppose it's just because there's so much of Australia that just isn't really built on. It's like a big place that's, that... Yeah. You're still living a bit rural, aren't you, in a lot of places, apart from the big cities, granted that they'd be no different than anywhere else. But it's, everything's just far more sparse, isn't it? Pretty much. I think Pretty much. There's some reason. areas that they just can't build in, and then there's other areas that they're just waiting yeah. to get land released. I see. So is there just tons of places that would be just completely not cost-effective to build on, just a complete disaster would just be impossible? Yeah, Pretty much, yeah. It, it, you're talking like the sides of um, mountains and cliffs and things like that. Yeah, so it's more of a um, flat space problem than a big space problem. But yeah, that's right. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. So now um, we've we've seen, I've seen, sorry, I say we've seen, there'll be a lot of people that follow Anthony, I'm pretty sure. And there'll be some people that, that won't, that will probably pick up on... Um, you maybe from just this podcast or something else. Uh, so could you tell us a little bit about, have you always been uh, from Australia? Is this where you've always lived? Uh, not, not here primarily. Um, I lived in Belan, which is literally about 17 minutes that direction, which is east of my location. Uh, I lived there pretty much all my life and then moved from there out to Ballarat, which is like that way. Another 30 minutes out and um, yeah, then, then came here. So I've been, been just in this little triangle, I suppose. It's, I've always been like a more of a country person than a city. Yeah, stayed so, local to you where you grew up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I seem to like doing the whole sort of living out in the bush and away from people and you, it all gets a little bit... Uh, chaotic sometimes so between your social and between uh, working for people and dealing with people so much it's just nice to sort of come out in a push block sit back listen to the kookaburras at night and chill try to forget yeah. but uh i bet that's i see no yeah no i, I presume <laughs> and most people are going to presume that if you're living a little bit in the sticks in australia you're a bit mick dundee you know, you've got to be a little yeah. bit. You've got to be a little bit yeah. McDundee. You know, you've got to be on your toes a little bit. You've got to know the wildlife. I couldn't live in Australia. I don't think 
I started to be just shit scared all the time. <laughs> there was a big spider in the yeah. other day, which is probably a tiny spider for you guys, you know. And I, what the yeah. fuck was that? <laughs> so if I was over there in the bush, yeah, yeah. I would, I'd probably just be your worst nightmare. You'd be calling me the biggest fanny. Dan, shut up. It's okay. It won't uh, kill you. But everything looks like it's going to eat you. Everything's massive. Everything looks deadly. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah, well, look, we're, well, I think when, 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 when we first moved out here, I used to clean all the trees uh, with a rake. So we got stringy barks out here and I used to clean all the trees with a rake. And uh, every fire season, I used to go in there, clean them up. And then every single time, I always used to just pack me dax because I'd be like, there's going to be a big spot that's going to jump down, it's going to land on my face. Happened to me twice. <laughs> like seen from I Alien. I stopped doing it. Big spider. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, and, and we're saying we're saying the size of your hand. And, oh, and no joke, you I, I squealed like a little girl. The missus came out and said, what, what's going on? I, I was like, I was screaming. And I went I went running and I was just flipping all over the joint. So, yeah. That's what I'd be like. On that note too, they're, they're not supposed to hurt you, these huntsmen. They're, but they're just creepy as fuck. Oh, oh, I, I, yeah. I, they're just so horrible, big look. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, um, I wouldn't say that I think I'm scared. But that would I would be scared. I know, I know, I know what I'm trying to say, but I can't get the words out. If I saw one, yeah, yeah. I'd probably be like, that's okay. If one of them fell on me, I would straight up shit myself. So I'd be like a snake, there'd be a skin of me left on the floor where I ran that fast. Uh, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be terrified. And then you see some other things, like yeah. I've got a couple of friends that have moved moved to Australia over over the years and I still stay in touch with them. And you know how to back before you scribe and stuff and social media, they'd be sending me pictures of like a funnel web spider in the garage I'm like what the hell is that it's like a horror film (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's exactly right so and I I suppose the only the the only thing to consider with uh, the the huntsmen that we've got here with our huntsmen if you find one they always travel in pairs Christ so if we find one in the house it's we're basically not sleeping for days because we know that there's a second one. Oh no way! I'm, I'll, yeah, I'll, dead set. I, <laughs> to be fair, that wouldn't that wouldn't work in my family because if there's a moth in the house, right? if there's a moth in the house, my yeah. wife and kids can't sleep. So I would probably have to be up all night on watch with a stick and a blow lamp just in case this huntsman spider moved, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh. But I suppose you get yeah. used to it, though. I mean, I suppose that's like a, a uh, normal thing for yeah, you guys. You pretty much, you do. You, you, I mean, you don't, you don't pick them up. Oh, I don't pick them up. Some people do pick them up, but I don't pick them up. It's just I've got a golden rule. If they're outside, they can live as long as they want. As soon as they take a step inside the house, that's it. Game over. It's death. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. A bit like um, a scene from a, a bit like a scene from Three Hundred. As soon as they breach the wall, they're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. And, and um, obviously, you can you can tell me to piss off me any one time, but I've noticed you are very much the Russell Crowe of woodwork in Australia. Yeah, a lot of people tell me that. You've got you've got you know, a, see that a similar look. And sometimes, are you talking your stories? I'm just expecting you to go. My name's Anthony, father of a murdered son, husband of a murdered wife. <laughs> but I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Yeah. <laughs> and I want you to just do it one time, just for me. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> well, you'll, you'll, you'll know when that's though. coming. 
yeah, yeah, people will watch your stories right. now and you'll just go tag, tag us in. You'll have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're from Roman Empire, the Greeks. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Your name and everything's just drink too many parallels, dude. Too many parallels. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think he's, uh, especially now that I've got the beard going. Yeah, definitely it's, the beard. Uh, it, 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 I seem to be a pretty close match to him. I can't say he's a close match to me because he's older than me. So yeah, as I say, he's, you're the better looking one now, mate. He's got age. Yeah. So you can just say yeah. I'm the better looking Russell Crowe from now on. Actually, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. But if, if Nespresso come calling, then they need a backup, you know, mate. So there's a good few quid in um, selling them little coffee pod adverts. <laughs> Well, that, that, that is true. That is true. He's a bit of a hero, isn't he, actually, in Australia? He's a bit of a hero, isn't he? Yeah, oh, well, there's, I think there's a few of them down here now that... Um, Gone back home, don't you? live over there, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, seemed, he seems a good guy. Uh, and his films, some of his films are really good. I mean, obviously you have to go off on a tangent sometimes, but Gladiator is a fine, fine film. Fine, fine film. Yes, yeah, but, I, I uh, can agree with that. It is without, like, obviously, I don't have typecast you, Anthony, into becoming a Russell Crowe lookalike. <laughs> but your 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 main staple from uh, what we'll all see is uh, you're you're a, you're a joiner, I would say. But obviously, you do a lot of building work as well, almost multi trade. Uh, so you, one week yep. you're on a roof, next week we can see you fit in a kitchen, and then as we can see in your stories recently that anyone follows you, footings, for example, on um, that build that you're working on where you've had quite a bit of fun. So yeah. is your background mixed trades then, or did you train as a carpenter as a kid? Tell us about how you began, mate, when you... From- uh, yeah, so I pretty much uh, came in the trade when I was 14, so I was, I was only a little kid. I was literally little. Uh, went in the trade and I found a furniture place that um, was looking to put on an apprentice and I started off as a furniture maker or a fine furniture maker. And um, from that, I, I was pretty lucky actually. I consider myself lucky that I had quite some um, – I mean, back then, I called him a master craftsman. He was from uh, – from your country, actually, and he migrated over here. I could tell married. you. I could tell you'd learn from an Englishman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, well, yeah, I was. I was going to say, you Englishmen are bloody brutal when you teach them too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I spoke about it a few of my years uh, podcasts, mate. Some of the old guys used yeah. to beat the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't too. It wasn't that extent of. of um, you did get the I hammer on the elbow. It was pretty, <laughs> yeah, well, it was between that and if he had a bit of two before on him, you'd cop that in the back. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you learn fast. Um, you learn fast, though, don't uh, you? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that was probably the, one of the biggest things that um, I saw from myself growing up is I never made the same mistake twice. I, will always, I always made, you know, I might have made 200 mistakes through my time going through my apprenticeship. might have been more like 500 mistakes, but every single one was different. Yeah. And if I did the same mistake, I, I, the only reason why I actually didn't do the same mistake is because I was terrified of um, my mentor saying to me, this is the second time I'm telling you. Yeah. And if that happens, it's, 
it's not a position that I want to be in. Um, so well, I, you're, I well, you're almost do. trying to obviously you look up to them and you want the respect because that's just a natural that's a natural part of being in the trade and as a person really that person that you're learning from you want them to give you that recognition that acknowledgement that you're doing it right so you don't want to make the mistake twice because you want them the next time to pat you on the shoulder because the other time like you say they swung a two before at you or they've clipped you around the ear hole it, it's you don't you don't want that because you're looking up to them aren't you so you, it's almost like gotta do it good this time gotta do it good this time even if they don't say it's good you can tell that it's better just by how they mm-hmm. acknowledge it and that yeah. and that drives you to be better though, yeah. doesn't it from the start and I think uh, yeah. you know the kids like I, I've had a few and I see a few now and, and you know them ones because they want to make you better it's not good enough and I think that's how you excel into yeah. whatever you want to be from a very early age and if you haven't got that you, you know possibly you'll end up on another job because you need to be at the highest level you can be by improving all the time. And like you say, that little bit of a, you've done well there from an early age is what you're chasing, isn't it? That, that's exactly right. Exactly right. So, so you, it's, did um, you, there was that like a firm? A, so that, I mean, sorry, is that firm still going? Is that a company that still exists? No, they, they don't exist anymore. They, uh, they shut down after, after I left there, actually. Um, and they reopened as something else, but they just stopped doing furniture. So I, I was, when I, when I started in the career of furniture making, it was almost of the peak when um, they introduced fair trade in Australia. And we had, um, like, IKEA was born, Harvey Norman was coming in with all the imports. Yeah. Um, fantastic furniture, and you're sort of in this position where you're working, trying to make some beautiful pieces, and people are just throwaway society. They just don't see Changed. the benefit. We had the, the, we had the same. The, we had the exact same thing, dude. How old will you be, Anthony? Sorry for asking if it's a rude question. Uh, now? Yeah. No, no, it's not really. It's not really. <laughs> um, I'm 30, 34. So you're 34, so I'm 36. So we're pretty much of the same age. So I know what you're talking about because this this mm-hmm. happened all over the all over the world, I'm sure, when IKEA came to prevalence and a lot of this feng shui shit was all everywhere. Everywhere was cool to have nothing in your house. So mm-hmm. we used to make a lot of furniture and tons of you used to go to America and abroad um, just because the guy that we made the furniture for, he was like a big distributor and he would just buy up furniture from us and we would obviously make some things uh, to order as well. But then a lot of that would go to America, to Europe. And I don't think anything went to Australia uh, that, that I know of. I know a lot went to Europe and America. And as soon as that IKEA kind of boom took off, that was, that was the end of the fine furniture game. And we just transitioned into mainly interiors there. So kitchens and bedrooms and, windows yeah. and we, you know we changed the business evolved into more housing based instead of just delivering and installing I would call sectional furniture if you know what I mean we used to make dresses and yeah library walls and things but they would go to America all the time and as soon as that Ikea boom that was it then fell on us just and 9-11 not, not, not fucked out from as well but that's a different story yeah that, yeah, yeah that yeah, stopped a lot of trading that's... well it made trading very yeah. difficult for a while anyway especially in the furniture yeah. importing things became very difficult because of the checks and the expense and the cost but you guys got that problem anyway in Australia haven't you because everything seems to be more right. there and everything costs a lot more to get there too 
That's exactly right, yes. So I could imagine a lot of the importing of the goods to make the furniture, which has already been uncut by, undercut by the IKEAs and the furniture importers, made it even more bloody difficult for the trade than really for you guys. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. It, it, it literally, it literally uh, I think it sort of started crippling the industry. It's where we started seeing a lot more, uh, or I should say, um, a lot less tradesmen or a lot less craftsmen back then. We'll yeah. call them craftsmen. And they transitioned into a tradesman where these days a lot of them are just, let's get in, let's get out, we've got to get paid, let's keep moving. Instead of how I was raised that, you know, you go in, you do it once, you do it right, make sure everybody's happy and then keep moving. Yeah. I think um, that's slightly societal as much as it is. Yeah, what's the word commercial, industrial? Um, I think I spoke to John, 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 uh, John Enfield on the podcast, and we mentioned something similar that a lot of the trades getting reduced down to prefab, so that things are turning yeah. up. And then again, I don't mean a lesser skilled guy because that's not fair. I don't mean it in that way. But let's say, say he's not a carpenter; he's, he's a good DIY guy, but he's on site. You know, he's then putting in door casings, doors, architraves linings and things because they've come pre-assembled it's like you adjust the door once it's on with the allen key fittings and the hinge to you're not fitting it you're putting in yep. a door and, you, and you're adjusting it to look square it's, it's yeah it's obviously more cost effective for the bigger companies but when you go into yeah. their houses it looks a bit toss but that's just it. yeah yeah it. and we we, well, we that, all that, getting yeah. diluted like that aren't we but then it does like yeah. you say, it does make the craftsmen or them very good joiners stand out because then you can tell, you know when the joiner's been in and you know when it's been a prefab. You can walk in that, as someone like us and you know instantly whether a joiner's hung the yes. door or it's come from the factory because it's so noticeable, yeah. isn't it? That's exactly, yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And that's, and that's where, again, it's um, us as the little people, we don't... Uh, I think if we had more of a say of how the industry moves, it wouldn't turn in the direction that it has. So as you're saying with like sort of prefabbed and for us here, that's, um, that's basically, it's, it's a little bit more than prefab because back then we were taught, like as a furniture maker, I was taught how to, um, you know, mill your own lumber, um, machine it, laminate it, put it together, create your own components and put it together and you did the whole process down to the, the final thing, which would be painting it and installing it. Where these days they go, okay, um, oh, we're not, we're not teaching furniture anymore because people don't do that. So we're going to teach you how to put boxes together and they've got another guy that they teach how to run an edge band up and they've got another guy that they teach that just builds stairs, doesn't do anything else and it's just the industry is uh, – I suppose, like you said, it's so washed out that instead of having one bloke or a team of 10 guys that can do everything, they go, okay, we actually need 30 people working for us so that each has their own individual task and they become really good at that one specific thing, which is great for the um, bottom dollar. 
is all I can uh, yeah, that, no, that's sort correct. of say. It's all like it's, comes down to cost, mate. It is. I mean, like I say, I deal with some big companies over here and all the companies, whether they're big, small, Australian, American, Chinese, whatever it is, it comes down to manufacturing costs, profits, and all these other things that you never really take into account until you start getting into business. Uh, profitability mm. is kind of the only thing that they're interested. I mean, that's not fair to yeah. a lot of them. I'm sure a lot of them have got high quality procedures in place because I buy from some, I would call manufacturers of a process similar to what you just said. There's a guy that's putting stuff in a box. Yeah. There's one guy I know just wraps things up. That's his life. The box comes at the end, he wraps it up, puts it on a pallet. The pallet gets put on a van by somebody else. So basically he just wraps stuff for a living. But he is the best wrapper of stuff. <laughs> really yeah. yes. I know when yes. he has wrapped up my stuff because when it arrives it is amazing he's the best wrapper of stuff so at least he's specialised and made it the best of his ability but like you say it comes down to a section one puts it on the CNC one takes it off the CNC one edges it that edge mm. guy then takes it to the station where there's two guys making them that goes to a guy that wraps them quality checks them and wraps them he puts them all in a bay that then get put on a pallet or loads on a van and then they get delivered out so it's a bit like everyone's now a specialist in something small, so they're an expert in whatever they're doing, but they don't really know how to do the other part. And like you yeah. said, and how I started in my trade, luckily, I don't go around saying I'm an expert. I couldn't do what you do because I haven't got that set up, but I was taught that way, so I could remember yeah. it. But like, I haven't machined lumber or timber in years, you know, just haven't needed to. So I will need to, you know, get it all back into my head, you know, sending yeah. things through the thickness of the planer, checking the timber for shakes and, you know, all the things that I used to do, I would make them mistakes again probably now because it's something I haven't done yeah. in a long time. But finding the guys that can do it all is becoming less, but you'd be more valuable, I think, moving forward, especially with the, the way the world is at the moment. Because I think what's going to happen in the next year or two, depending exactly what comes out with this virus, is I think a lot of people are going to say, you know what, I'm not buying it from there. I'm going to save another £1,000 or £2,000 or dollars yeah. or whatever it is and have the one that's made by the guy up the road because I'm done with their bullshit, if you know what I mean. And yeah, it's a bit Donald Trumpy, and I think he's batshit crazy. <laughs> I spoke about him before. Yeah. But, yeah. Part of him is correct, as, as, as mad as a brush as he is. Part of him bringing all his manufacturing, or as much manufacturing, to the US, sanctioning the Chinese so that their imports are more expensive to even out the costs for the people and the workers in his country. I hope, anyway, and I think that's what we may see, maybe all over, companies are going to start going, you know what, we shouldn't be buying it in all the time relying on these places because we're the ones struggle when shit hits the fan not them yeah and yeah and that's not i'd say that's not branding the whole of china as a, a big you know bunch of scumbags that are screwing everybody over you know there's families over there who have the same ethos you know what i mean it won't all just be oh, we're having the west off but we all need a little bit of that back we've got to draw it in it needs to be made in australia it needs to be made in britain or it needs to be a fair <laughs> way of doing it because there's certain things you can't get in Australia and there's certain things we can't get here that are in Australia and it becomes a difficult thing yeah. to get them anyway but if you can make your version of it and say that's what it is and it's made here 
if it's five hundred dollars more, people should then go right. Well, I'm spending it more locally. I'm giving it to the guy up the road, or I'm giving it in the country, for example, instead of always, you know, getting it from China or well, everything's yeah. made in China. <laughs> you can't just yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But then not, some not of the good days, things but... and some of the niche things aren't like obviously we see you with your Martinez and your Diamondback. No. They aren't, they aren't Chinese companies. Obviously, they're a bit more expensive than some of the others, but they, they're US companies yeah. or some things you're having from UK companies. And, you know, we could, we could champion them a little bit more, really, I think, in the trade. I think we do, actually. I Probably that's wrong. I think as tradesmen, we do. And I think we do uh, try that. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a catch-22 across the board, though, because a lot of people like to go for that. Um, when I say a lot of people, I don't mean to discriminate against anybody it's just when you're going in the trade you're not taught to go by a quality tool you're taught to you know what are you what are you spending 600 bucks on that book you can pick it up for 150 go grab that one it'll do what you need and the whole life of using that tool you might get through three or four jobs and you've got to buy another one and it's as wobbly as hell doesn't do what you want and you're always fighting with it then you you start sort of um, imposing on the people and saying, "Well, uh, a good example would be the would be the Martinez hammer. That's an expensive hammer. When you compare it to my very first hammer I purchased was the uh, East Wing leather strap or leather handle. That cost me a hundred and twenty bucks when I was fourteen. That was like that would." Expensive for back then. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, but a, a when you swing can, hammer's still, it's not the cheapest hammer, but I know what you're saying. That's, it's not. Yeah. That's, it's not the, so to, to compare it against that, and you sort of go, well, you've got your titanium hammer. That's, I think in Australia, it's averaging around 480 at the moment. If you've been in the industry for 30 years, you wouldn't buy one. In all honesty, you wouldn't. You're sort of wasting your time if you're halfway through your career. You're wasting your time, but if you buy it when you're 14 or you buy it when you're 18 and you suck it up and you go, well, you've got that hammer for the rest of your life and what are the benefits that someone actually explains it to you that your hands won't hurt, your arthritis isn't going to be an issue, you're not going to have sore joints, you're swinging a light hammer, like these little things and you just, yeah, it's it's um, investing in your tools these days um, and this is something that I try to bestow on people that sort of either come on board or ask me the question. Like just invest in something that's good quality. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you're into, whether it's, I know I'm a, um, like, I like me Vestal, I like me Bosch, I like me Martinez, I like all, all um, even the scribes that I use, like they're different because they're a specific brand or, or Japanese tools, like they're specific. Um, but it's, it goes the same with, on that note, I wouldn't go and buy a cheap Japanese chisel that's inferior in comparison to an expensive one because I know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's just definitely comes down to it. You get your fingers burnt and then you learn that the cheapest option yeah. isn't sometimes the best option. Yes, it may be the more expensive option, but again, same with the tool, same with the furniture. Buy cheap, buy twice normally. Then That's right. Like you say, you learn your lesson that... You could have just done with buying the good one. You pulled your face a bit because you might not have needed or used it so much. And mm. then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's broke or it was, it was toss. So then you go buy the deal one anyway. So you end up selling the other one. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was kind of like, that's, well, that's, and that's what we're all trying to teach some of our customers that, aren't we? Because 
you know, you end up putting in something sometimes and you go, I'll put it in because I know I can do it good, but I know what's going to happen in about two or three years. It's going to be broke. And you're going to be saying, can I have the DO one? And then it'll just be, yeah. I told you so, but I've already told you yeah. anyway. But maybe obviously that's, again, I get it. You get it. And most people that are listening mm. will get it because we're all, we're all a bit like got issues with tools most of the time. We've all got problems really. <laughs> but mm. to relate yeah. that to a customer, some customers get it and they go, no, I'd rather the good one. I've been burned before. But then there might be the customer where they have only got 500 quid, $500. And it may be that that's, that's it, you know. And then you still do your best job for them with what you've got. But it can be difficult. But then yeah. they'll come back probably in, in the future and go, should have listened, should have waited, should have saved these hinges yeah. of crap or this door hasn't painted up three times as good as, you know. And that's, that is a bit of a life lesson too, though, isn't it? I mean... We can tell yeah. them, but will they listen? That's a different story. <laughs> that, that's exactly, yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's probably, it's probably one of the hardest things, but uh, on that same token, it's um, going through the career that I've gone through and the life that I've had and the so experiences so, that I've so had. So go back then, actually, before. Go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so you were at that furniture company, so I yep. would have thought you were there for, what, seven or eight years, did you say? No, nah, not at all. I... Uh, I was, I was, uh, I was basically what I am. I'm happy to call like I was a real woodworking nerd back in the day. So when my mates used to go out to the pub or out to the clubs, I used to um, every spare minute I had practice dovetails, practice hand sawing, practice planing, practice sharpening. Just every single moment that I could get, I would practice. So whether it was at work. And the boss let me hang around for a couple of hours after after hours, or if I did it in my mum and dad's shed. And I used to, um, and this is something that mum and dad taught me uh, as I was growing up. It's sort of they got my name out and said, "Oh, you know, Anthony does woodwork. I'm sure if you asked him, he'd do it for it for you." And back then, when you're sort of saying you're earning what four dollars thirty an hour. Um, your weekly paycheck for me as a as a kid apprentice was like a hundred and thirty bucks. It was practically nothing, and you get you get a cashy on the side back then, and you'd be oh yeah, that'd be two hundred and fifty dollars, and you think great, I've got like two days work, I'm gonna make blooming uh, two hundred bucks, fifty bucks on materials. Oh, this is like killer. Yeah. Um, I think my first wage was sixty nine pounds. I don't know yeah. to the to the dollar. I think it's about nearly twice. Sometimes it just depends. I'm not geared up. Yeah. I mean, I should be more on the ball because I'm shipping things to Australia all the time. But um, we see it in our currency yeah. still. We don't see it in dollars. <laughs> um, but mine would have yeah, been like yeah, mine yeah. would have been like sixty nine. I guess sixty nine quid a week or sixty nine fifty a week, and then I used to get twenty quid extra yeah. for working. Uh, four hours on a Saturday morning, which is like a third of my wage for four hours yep. that I'd work for in the week. And then, like you say, if I could just yeah. get a job hanging a door, you could charge like 30 quid for hanging a door, which is 50% nearly of my weekly wage. It, it was just like, I'm doing that because I can literally make nearly twice the money. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But then you spend yeah. it on tools. And it, it, <laughs> No, <laughs> that that never stops either. No, <laughs> spending on tools. Um, so so then, uh, where was I? 
track. You said you got a few um, So going through customers. my apprenticeship, I was, yeah. Yeah, few, few, so experience-wise, I was trying to just gain as much experience as I can. And, um, you know, mum and dad used to tell me, just you've obviously got a talent, just keep your head down, ass up, do your job, do your work, and one day it'll, it'll pay off for you. So I went through the, the transition of, um, obviously, because I was, I was just called like, a geek for woodwork, um, and I practised every single chance I got when I was a first year apprentice. So I started working um, when I was around 14, but I didn't get signed up as an apprentice until I was, I think 15, it would have been a year later. So that first year I was uh, a first year apprentice for about six months and I entered into a competition uh, that was called uh, over here. I think it's world skills Australia. Oh, yes, I'm not I know sure what you if mean. You're familiar with we have, yeah. Do we have similar so, things? That's right, yeah. Yeah, I think they call it something else now, but back then it was World Skills um, Australia, and I completed, he competed in the national, not national, international, oh, shit. regional. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> regional competition. My brain, do, my brain does that, mate. Don't you worry. Not whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I start off yeah. with something in my head, then I have to say the next three words so that I find the word I'm after. That's how I get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't want to put it to old age, but hard work is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the brain just is, is, ends up a little bit. It's a bit, bit like hard. Homer Simpson. The more you learn, the more falls yeah. out the back. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, yep, yep. That's exactly right. So I, I, I entered the first competition and that was, uh, that was regionals. We competed at the, at the TAFE back then, the trade school, and we made a – it was a oh strife. What was it? I don't remember what it was. <laughs> was that long ago? That, that's literally did, what we just spoke about. Yeah, you just learned yeah, something I, new and then forgot. I, I remember. Yeah, I remember the second thing we made that we did uh, the second time round. But I'll get to that. So the first time round, I've got. No idea. I keep on thinking that it was a little jewelry box that we made. Possibly. We'll just call it a jewelry box. Yeah, mate. And um, so through that. You you literally had to make something and then that was almost viewed a bit like crufts, like dogs. The experts would turn up. Yeah. They would then go, right, this one is better than this one. And then a few of you then go through the round. Yeah, and, they, and these, these judges in the regional competition, it's not too bad. Um, it's just your school teacher, and there's a couple of school teachers that go in there and they judge it. And at the time, so I was uh, first year going against like um, third and fourth years, and, so, and there was a couple of first years. I got 100 out of 100 for my score. Nice. And from that, I uh, went to the next stage, which was the Nationals held in Brisbane. So when I went, because of, because of how old I was and when I signed up, it was pretty much six months later we had the Nationals. It was like really, really close. So I was still a first year. I was like, first year, going to move on to second year. Yeah. And every single one that was there, they were all tradesmen. So I was like this little kid with fluff on his face, just basically panicking, thinking, you know, these guys are, <laughs> um, are better, than, better than me. I went up there with me, to, with me toolbox and 
um, or with the organisation group, I should say, that, that we were a part of the regional team. Yeah, yeah. I uh, went up to Brisbane and with that one, it's like a 20, it's like a 21 hour project that they scope it for over three days and you've got to bust your ass to get it done and complete. So it's more of a, they want to see the quality of your work and how you handle pressure and how you go about reading the plans and building the project. Yeah, so it's not so just the that one, it was project, it's the bits in between that, yeah. the two. Yeah, and they sort of, they look at all that, they take their notes and the judges up there, they, they were pretty much strict as strict. Um, and they check um, measurements, sanding. They even go as far as like checking the distance of your joints and seeing what they are that they match a plan. Yeah. And the the strictness of it was plus or minus half a mil. So if you were half a mil out, you don't lose a point. But if you were one mil out, then you start losing points. And for every millimeter or half millimeter above that, you you start getting heavily. Um, Destroyed, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. penalized so, for your it, mistakes, as they call it. Even though you, yeah, one millimeter. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. But in their mind, they're trying to um, recreate. Well, they're doing it for a good cause because the, the international competition is um, highly stressful. So they're trying to yeah. start the process from there to to keep it forward. And, and well, you don't um, this, find. This is where it, you don't find the best of the best by letting everyone have the same, you know, outcome. You need to find the best. And if it's 0.5 of a millimetre between you and the other guy, that's the rules. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So with that competition, it was uh, third day. So we were third day in, project had finished, and um, I had placed fourth. And between fourth and first was literally only 0.4 of a point. <laughs> wow. So that was, that was uh, pretty, pretty tight. And that was, I was, that was me as a first year. So I was, so what was um, that building then? What, cause you said, what was that last project? Um, so that last project, that one was a writer's desk. So, but just a small one. So you sort of have the lid, it's, you've got the veneer aspect and then you lift the lid up and then you've got your writer's station underneath with a couple yeah. of drawers and So it's like a bit, like bit of inlay, bit of insert, bit of furniture moving, yeah. some joints, yeah. some obviously clamping and gluing and screwing and sanding and all the other bits and pieces in there. Yeah, so there's, they've, they've not, even they've got it broken down to like a hardware as well, like how you fit your hardware, locks, latches, hinges, yeah. um, veneering. And um, so from from that, I went back to I went back to work, um, and I competed again because they've even got an age limit on there. They've got two things with the World Skills: is one is you can enter in the regionals as many times as you want. As soon as you win a nationals, you can't re-enter into a regionals and win. It's given to the next person. Yeah, so, so you just keep going back and yeah, winning all the time. That's right, and, and their age limit is up to twenty-one. Yeah. So if you if you uh, compete, even if you win the nationals and you go into the internationals, the age limit is twenty-one. So if you turn twenty-two when it's internationals, it's basically they just give it to the person behind you. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just yeah, just for a. Um, I suppose a little, 
limited amount of people that can enter in to compete. I suppose it means that you're testing the the, the, the youth for one. Plus, if yeah. you put off points twenty one, it's a complete age thing because when you go to school, obviously it goes by date. So some kids are the oldest in the year, yeah. some kids are the youngest in yep. the year, but then they've got a head start, haven't they? So. And even though you may have been doing woodwork for 14, which probably placed you why you play so high, is you've still got a Mm. couple of years on most people that probably started at 16, if you know what I mean. So really... That's right, yeah. You know, if they carried on and let people go to school years, someone might be another year older, really, and another year at that age. And in our job is bloody huge. You know, you can... You can almost That's, click. Yeah. You can almost click, can't you? At some point, and you're being, you're doing your job, and you yeah. get it wrong, or it's not as good as it could be, and then all of a sudden it clicks, and then you do it perfect every time. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. So then, and that even goes to show, like my growth went from that to when I went to back to work. I worked in the sense of I had a bit of a prick of a boss. And I'm happy to say that, that he was a bit of a prick of a boss. <laughs> oh, yeah, he didn't like that, if, if he was a debt, tell him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he didn't like uh, the teachers at trade school. And I was supposed to go for like one week a month over the, over the 10 months of the school being open. I only went to one day a month for the course of my apprenticeship. And I literally finished compared to everybody else i finished um, my three years worth of schooling in a year and a half of me going one day um a month yeah so i uh, at that point i was a second year and going into third year when i hit third year i i hit him up for an early release and i was by the time i was three and a half years into my apprenticeship, I was trade. Early release, like you were in jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So from that, though, I did compete in another regional competition, which we made like a barometer, a barometer stand. Very nice. And um, so that, that that was okay as well. Like it had veneer, had um, hardware, had curved. Uh, joints were pretty weak. They were just miters, I think. Yeah, nothing fancy, but that one again, I competed in that, got a hundred out of a hundred. Nice. And from there, I, I went and competed into the nationals in Melbourne, which that's that's where like I really saw how much I I grew because I three day project, and I finished it um, two and a half days in, and I literally couldn't leave the site until the whole thing was over and all I could do was sit down on my bench and just watch everybody else work and just well nice way but that's kind of like though if you yeah. think um I, I was sporty as a child so my competitiveness was in sport yeah. I wanted to win I yeah. had to win yeah. I wanted to be the best and I played at a high level at a young age now all you've done is got a different stage you know you're yeah. not playing football or you're not playing tennis you're not playing cricket or whatever it is you're your woodwork, your stage is a different stage. So what you've done in effect is taken your passion at a young age and then gone into a competitive field and then almost yes. played that game. So really, yeah. if, if, if there was like a, a sports team, you probably have gotten one of the really good ones. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that, yeah, obviously woodwork right. don't have sports teams, so you, you, you like yeah. you make your own way. 
But really, yeah, it, it's a sim. I get what you're saying. It's it's almost like your beginning because you enjoyed the woodwork so much, and that was your stage. You took it to somewhere where you could almost do like YTS, but yeah, in in a way where you can perform. If you know what I mean, yeah. Whereas, uh, yeah, I, I, obviously, most people don't enter the competitions here. I wouldn't have thought. Say that. That's wrong. Because not college. In college, do you do? I've seen because I know a guy that that does it. Someone I know personally works at our local college. Uh, he's um, bricklayer. He, he teaches you know the building side of things. Yeah. So I've seen him with the bricklayers, the apprentice bricklayers from his college competing on his mm-hmm. Facebook posts and stuff. And I always have a look and see, so I could, so I can see why they do it. And then there was one guy, he was young lad, you know, I think he was only about 15. Um, similar to what you were saying, he didn't really go to school much. Don't, I think he struggled with the, you know, schooling. I think he may have dyslexia or something, which, you know, is, is not um, something that anyone should take as a, something that should stop them, shall we say, because he went into this brick lane thing and I've seen him do, you know, twisty pillars and a twisty Yeah, chain. yeah, Bali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honest yeah. to God, at 15, this kid has got it. Don't know what he's going to do, mm-hmm. but he's got, that's his, he's done that now. He's, that's where he should stay. He's going to be ahead of the game at his age group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. That, he's that good at that. I've seen it mm-hmm. and, I've, and you're like, you know, as a fully qualified bloke that's been doing it for 15, 20 years, you'd be happy with what he's done, you know, and the time, yeah, the yeah. time scale, he couldn't take all day. It was, you got this many hours, which is probably a, a little bit favorable because the kids, but he smashed it. Yeah. He smashed it. So yeah. it's like at that point, he's top of his game. You know what I mean? He's, he's, you know, he's looking to get 50 grand a year, <laughs> you know, from, yeah. from doing his job when he's a bit older because he's, he's there, you know. Yeah. Because bricklayers are coming in a minute anyway. Bricklayers are making some serious money. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I can see, man, and that's, that's cool, cool, like, story, if you know what I mean. That's like, because I, I don't think I did that. I don't think I entered any competitions for woodwork. Because, again, because I was, I was sporty, I was, I was, I was playing yeah. football or yeah. I used to play volleyball at a high level. And there's two reasons I played volleyball. One, it's a very active sport too. Not many men play it. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, when, you, when you're young, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of girls play volleyball, so it's quite attractive for, for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, it's, that's that's good though, mate. That's that's a cool story. That is. So you got? Did you get to that? The Nash? Did you go in Nash? The international one? Did you do one then? It, yeah, I did. I did go to the international, and that was uh, that was intense. That was literally two years or a little bit under two years worth of training, and we're talking training like Mister Miyagi shit, like serious <laughs> training. <laughs> wax on, you wax wouldn't on. you wouldn't think. Yeah, you, you wouldn't think that for woodworking, it like I thought my mentor was strict, but the blokes that were teaching me, um, it, like it was mastery level. Doesn't matter. Just about doesn't even matter what you were doing. Serious. It's it's serious. Like no mucking around. No, no, you can't talk to your your girlfriend. You can't talk to your wife. Like none of that shit. Nice. They didn't even care. It's like you're here for this. Focused. Um. And you, yeah, you got to focus. Almost like how you see or you hear how the boxes mm. 
when you get someone that's going for a championship, like it's discipline, dead set, mind it? has to be there. Yeah, yeah, complete discipline. I mean, the one person I watched recently, I watched, um, oh, what was it now? It was a, a Conor McGregor thing, you know, his, his life, you know, and how, yep. how dis- I know he's a, he's a bit of a loose character now when he can do what he wants, but when he got to that point where he didn't want to be in the building trade anymore, you know, he dedicated his life, his, every hour of his day he was dedicated to becoming the best that he could be, yeah. you know, and yeah. some things need that. If you want to be at the international show, yeah, yeah. you want to perform your best, it, it is that you need to train to the highest level because a lot of the things we do is muscle memory. You're actually just doing it. Yeah. Because you've literally yeah, yeah, that, trained yourself to do it. Yeah. So we all pick up a tool and we all do something like on repeat because we've mm-hmm. done it so many times to get yeah. that result at the end. So I can imagine that like you say, Mr. Miyagi, Bruce Lee, shit. <laughs> so that you are yeah. on the point. Yeah. We're whipping you over cane though, with you not giving you water because that would have been... No, 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 <laughs> no. There, there, was none of, there was none of that, but it was... Um, the mental stress that is put on yourself and your like one one of the lessons that we were doing it's because it's not just what we did here. I went to New Zealand a couple of times and competed in bear um, competitions against yeah. the Kiwis, and it was more of a stick up for them because us we're going over there and and it puts pressure on them because they're like, well, we don't want an Aussie to walk away with the medal. Yeah, yeah. We want to keep the medal in in National our country. That's that's right, and that's where you're sort of going out there. And I, I think in that whole esca- like that whole experience, I was half taking the piss out of, out of the whole experience because whatever it was we were up, making, though, it just if you turn nah, up with, yeah. where the Kiwis do with the hacker <laughs> before the wood. Uh, no, yeah, they, they did. They did. No way. They did do that. That's yeah, it. no, dead set. But the, the, the guys that we were that I was <laughs> competing brilliant. against, they would set up in the class and they would. Do the hacker before they even uh, before we even no started. No way! You're taking that serious to doing the hacker yeah, even yeah. in a woodwork. I like yeah. that. I could just imagine that. Yeah. I bet you were just going. What the fuck have I turned up in? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. at the same time, no, watching the hackers quite. I like it. Like when they when they play the rugby. Yeah. I mean, obviously now a lot of the other teams are just standing and facing them off and getting just as cross and angry. But something about the hacker it is a very yeah. interesting watch. So I could imagine you've turned up and as they're doing, I bet you're thinking, I'm doing better than you now because you've just made a rap prick yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you, you always get those people where it's the ones that aren't there to show off. They're normally pretty quiet and they're going to get in. They're going to yeah. do what they need to do. And then, you just know, like you, you, even you'd know when you're sort of out on a job, if you've got a uh, a right what that you're dealing with, you're going to walk in there, you're going to install it, you're going to scribe like a demon and you're going to walk out that room and go, hey, you want to come have a look at that? Well, when the room's they quiet, normally, Yeah, they're normally the ones telling you how good they are first. I never really got that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to put that pressure on myself either. If you turn up somewhere and tell yeah. everyone how good you are, you better be really yeah. good because they're just going to rip you yeah. on whether it's good or not now. That, that's right. That's where I think these days me dealing with the – we'll get back on the story. But these, these days me dealing with clients, um, I'm normally pretty placid in the start. But 
because there's a lot of worry as well because they come in and they're obviously handing out a lot of money and they go, oh, you know, is this going to come up as good as you're saying it's going to come up? And then you finish it and you take a step back and they got, they're, they're in tears and they're giving you a hug and you just go, yeah, I know, I'm fucking good. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, sort of, I told you. <laughs> You just have a little yeah. bit of then, then once, yeah, once, once, once the, the, the ice is broken, after that, it's fair game. Every, everything you basically do, it's just it's repetitive work. They know you, and yeah. you just come in, and when they ask you a stupid question, they know that they're going to get a stupid answer, and it's just, <laughs> it's, it comes part and parcel. Um, but uh, with, with one of the – so going away from uh, competing in New Zealand, which I won them as well. Nice. Um, when we were competing, <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden you're going to log on to Instagram and all the people from New Zealand have left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they were. Maybe. We're not giving them a bad rap. I'll, I'll speak to some key no, no, no. some nice no. guys. Well, we're, 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 yeah, absolutely. And the other thing as well, like we're all kids. We're all basically like, course, we're saying yeah. I was fully qualified at 17. It's like we're still you're still a kid. Like until yeah. you you get out and living a bit, you, yeah, yeah. It's uh, and and I think that as well helps with going through all this because your body's adapted when you're a kid to deal with this type of pressure and stress. And when you're older, it's you deal with the stress a lot less and differently because you tend to tell people to just fuck off, yeah, um, as opposed to to just go trying to take it on. Um, but one of the sessions, actually, a few of the sessions that I had with this mentor, um, I travelled out to South Australia to do these lessons. He literally had me in a blindfold for a day and I had to make stuff. <laughs> in a blindfold? Like dead set, yeah, a blindfold. He had me marking out stuff and, and cutting it and, like, I'd mark it out with this, like, to yeah. see it. Then it's blindfold on, and you'd have to feel where the where the knife marks are, and cut it, and work to it. And it's that Holy was shit. insane. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. So, but so the, the the and they treated it as if it was an Olympic sport. I just want to say when you it's it's, it's see that's that's obviously they're taking this very serious. Their names on the line. You're representing yeah. them by the sounds of it. So it's being taken yeah. very, very seriously. I wouldn't have expected this. That's amazing. Yeah. So then from there, I, I went to, so in 2008, we traveled out to um, Japan, Shizuoka. Nice. And we competed. Yeah. It, and it was like open ceremony. It was just like the Olympics. Uh, we were walk, we walked into a big stadium with flags and have you got photos and things of this, Anthony? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that'd be, I'm pretty sure I do. Yeah. Nice. You'll have to see it. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. You'll have to try to see if you can get a few just so I can maybe send them because I bet people would really like to be able to see that if you don't mind, obviously. Cause that yeah, no, I'll, I'll, sounds I'll, amazing. I'll look for them. Yeah, I'll look for them and I'll uh, I'll send them through to you. That's cool. That, that's fine. No way. Um, so, and then from there, sort of the whole going into the it was after ceremony, next day you're going into competition and it's like game on. The first thing that you panic for is they give you um, the day to sort of set up your workbench and make sure your tools are there, not damaged. So it's very strict. So if you turn around and say, hey, my chisel snapped in half halfway through the competition, they don't give a shit. 
But if yes. you come up and say, hey, I've unrolled my chisels or, my, you know, this is snapped or my saw blade's bent or they will um, mark it, they'll get you what you need and so you've got everything, all the tools that you need so there's no excuses, there's yeah, no... Like, like a separate day, a prep day. So you, you basically get day, there yeah. and if you want to resharpen something, change something yep. or like you say, something's got damaged whilst you've been travelling over and you get a feel for everything, I suppose, in the room. A bit like setting yeah. up for a job, isn't it, I suppose? You get there first Pretty day much, yeah. in the morning, you're thinking about where you're going to be, what tools you need out and stuff. So you're prepping yourself for the competition that's the day after. Yeah, that pretty much it. So we, we one of the major sponsors for down there, not to mention their name through, through this for any other reason, it's one of the major sponsors for no, Festival. No, I mean, like I say, we're we not. They, they were, yeah, yeah. If festival yeah, they, they involved, were involved, even better. Because yeah, cool. that, <laughs> they were oh, they, they were brilliant back then. They um, they sponsored um, obviously in their own countries. Yeah, of course. Not I'm not saying like whoever the worldwide festival is. This is like in their countries. They had a couple of couple of countries there that uh, were fully decked out with festival, and like I was drooling over what they had, and I'm looking at what I've got, which I was grateful for what I had. I had Dewalt um, sponsor me, and Everything else, when I say DeWalt sponsored me, I just used their um, drop saw and that was it. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I had all my other tools and I just, um, being a tradesman, you, and this is like, this is like such a silly, silly thing, but you get so used to using your own chisels. Oh, and 100%. Your own mate. Electrical, electrical tools that you're just so comfortable with them that you can just race through it. I didn't feel comfortable using their orbital sander or their routers or their jigsaws or any of that. I had my own gear and I'm like, I know how it works. I know, I know what I need to do and I'd rather just use that. So that's yeah, all I course. did. Um, so we, I competed against 26 other countries. Um, I, and that, that one there, I, I made like, I, I did make a good fuck up with the veneer work. Like it was, it was ace the fuck up I made. <laughs> um, you did just fuck up. You <laughs> fucked up. Well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I normally tell people these days that it, you know, it, it's uh, if I'm going to fuck up, you want to hope that I don't fuck up because if I do, it's going to be like fucking huge. <laughs> um, there's no, there's no like. Oh, I chip the bench slightly. It's like the fucking things crack down the down the guts. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it wasn't. No I've just got job. to. I've just got to change that door that I hit with my screwdriver. It's, Direct <laughs> the worktop that cost twelve thousand dollars to make. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, bet so it's, I bet we've it's, all uh, been there. Actually, oh, everyone's oh, yeah. been there. That's yeah. That's exactly right. So I'd, I'd love it though. I would absolutely love it if I just made little fuck ups instead of they're like they're, they're fucking <laughs> like fishing. This big, I caught it. This big. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we. Um, so I did make a colossal fuck up with my veneer work. The, the veneer work I did was like beautiful. It was brilliant. It was tight. I did it right. I just didn't minus my 16 mil fucking sides. So I made it the size of the external. So my miters didn't, you, I can see your face. You, you're, you're like, yeah, I'm nodding I know exactly because as saying. soon as people say things, <laughs> you're like, fuck, I'd have done that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Simple so it's like mistake, didn't line up. Yeah, yeah. But um, but with that one, it was it was judged totally different. There was so there's 26 countries. There were 26 judges. They judged the whole project 
or they did. They, it was almost like a ju- like jury du- du- jury du- duty. Yes, not duty. That's a fucking shit. Um, jury duty. You turned into like a-, a half Australian American, then, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jury yeah. duty. Jury duty. <laughs> jury, yeah. <laughs> Um, so they didn't leave the site until they judged everybody and they didn't judge everybody once they judged everybody like seven or eight times then when it came to the walking around like that yeah when it came to the final three and this is where it got interesting too with the judging if they were judging whoever um, like my mentor what he marked me on didn't yeah. make the scoreboard for me. Yes. Right? So he, he, his, his number, he just sat down when they were judging me. So every country that had, um, like, they weren't allowed to judge their country. That makes sense. Of course, yeah. Um, so when they judged it and they got down to the final three, they pretty much, judged, like, they went through them another eight times and – their judging points, from what the my mentor was telling me, they were up to not plus or minus half a mil. It was at point one of a mil that they were checking things. That's how tight. Almost, yeah, point that of a millimeter. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. more anyway. <laughs> and then, oh yeah, I'm, I'm about the same. I'm going to get really close. And like, just, <laughs> Good squint uh, that would. <laughs> the, yeah. So it's it's um so with that one, I finished. I finished with only about half an hour in my pocket. So I finished in front of everyone else because at the time, the, my mentor, it's one of those things where he was just saying, you need to get everything done so you get a point for everything. If you yeah, miss yeah, something, yeah. That, that gets 30 points. Well, that's a big mark off, your, off what you've done. And he's, he was trying to sort of state that if you finish that and you only get 25, that's better than not finishing it. Yes. Um, so after that, we had the ceremony and I obviously, I didn't place first, second or third, but in the world, I placed 10th. And, um, Whether, I, like, regardless, like you say, you made a bit of a mistake. So you, you probably knew yourself podium was yeah. not going to happen now, but 10th yeah. in the world sounds pretty good to me. I won't lie to you, dude. I mean, I don't think yeah, I've yeah. 10th at anything. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, thanks. That's uh, so that that was that was good. And then to top it off, like I felt a little bit. I did feel bad that I didn't place under ten. Um, but when I got my score sheet, and I was like, "Fuck, that's all right." I I got I scored um eighty six out of a hundred, and first place was at like ninety three. So it was so still was close, just, and there wasn't much in it, was it? Yeah, yeah. So that. And that's just because of their judging. How they, can you um, can you remember who won? Can you remember any of these people? Have any of these people yeah, gone Russia. to do anything special? No, no. I probably, think I think probably it's good one in of the trade, aren't they? They've probably gone on to very good. I was gonna, players. I was, I was gonna say for Australia, if I came first, it would have done absolutely nothing for me. Because the problem is, like the the industry is so underrated that you walk it uh, if I walk up to someone to go apply for a job, I can get a job tomorrow working for a company. But there is no way they will pay me my worth. And they, they, yeah. they think it's great. Like my story is great. It's a great story. They don't care. They, yeah, they, 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 don't, they don't care what my experience is. They go to me, well, we just want you to screw boxes together or we just want you to install cabinets. It's like, 
You just yeah. get put. There's no for them. There's no discrimination. It's just you're all at the same level. Whether you're a male, you're a female, you're a donkey, whatever you want to say you are. I suppose that's just basically for, for yourself, though. I mean, I know what you're saying. There's no. Yeah. I mean, if you'd be, if you'd gone to if you were playing basketball, for example, and you'd come tenth in the draft, that would mean you would be playing professional basketball for yeah, you know, a club, which then would probably translate into maybe even the NBA. You would go to somewhere where there would be an even higher level where you would try to achieve because that sport, mm-hmm. a bit like um, American football too, they have the draft, don't they? And then yeah, the worst teams, the worst teams in the league at that time get the pick of the best of the draft so it keeps the league good so yeah. what you would have probably found is you would have actually ended up playing for one of the best teams because you'd have been on yeah. late on the draft if you know what I mean yeah. so really if you yeah. think of it like that 10th was pretty good and yeah. you're actually you know obviously we're comparing it as a sport which is difficult but that's how you need to treat your stage is that I know no one's ever really going to... They're going to think it's good. You know, you're going to say I was 10th in the world at my age mm. at this time in fine woodwork competition, the highest pressure, probably the only recognised thing going on. But if you were to compare that with a sport, you're up there, dude. You know, you'd have been... Yeah, yeah. Professional. Yeah, well, that, and, that's, is. And, that, and that's where I think for my... Like, for someone else they would um, obviously use my skills to their advantage because I've worked plenty of yeah. people to know that um, I'd be the, the, the go-to guy to, for anything that was too difficult, and that's always happened, where because I'm out on my own, I'm basically – I talk myself up yeah. with the client. Yeah. I'm the one that's promoting myself. So these, even these stories and, and um, if people read any, any of the, my early, early posts and I think I bring them out every now and again, like talk about my story a little bit um, just to remind people. It's, um, it's a, a little bit of my history, I suppose, because obviously I've got, I've got some bad things that happen in my life and I've got good things that happen in my life and one of those things being – Yes, it probably didn't do – it didn't give me a six, seven-figure deal like these sports players get. Yeah. But on that – I wish. <laughs> wouldn't that'd that be, be nice? That, oh, my. Fucking hell. I would have been all kinds of messed up, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't yeah. think that money at that yeah. age would have been any good for me. Oh, uh, no. We, no. No. <laughs> definitely No. No, I spent, so it, it's anyway, sort of good. I spent wherever yeah, I had that's, anyway. that's, Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, and, that, and that's where it's probably good grounding yeah. for us. And then, um, shit. Sorry. Give me a second. Just fucking left me head. Yeah, no, no. You uh-huh. just say, like, if, you, if you'd had that money at a young age, you probably wouldn't have appreciated the, the actual steps that you've taken to get yourself uh, in the position yeah. that you are in today. That's it. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, like, the, you the experience. Your, yeah, the experience. And now you, 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 you've worked yourself into a position where you are today so that if you feel like saying to the customer, listen, I'm good at doing that, it's because you're confident enough to say, I am good at doing that. Because when it is done, it is good. There's no, yeah. Obviously, we all make mistakes. You know, granted, happens all the time. Oh, uh, look, uh, I think or people. Yeah, I think one one of the most mis- get the wrong one, end of one the, the stick for mis- confidence sometimes. Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah. yeah, there's there is the people that are just 
you know, overly confident and you're like, fucking give it a rest, mate. And then there's the people, if you can back it up, you know, and every now and then you feel like saying, I fucking yeah. No one's going to go, well, yeah. he isn't. You know, it's, that's, okay. that's Yeah, that's right. But there's a level. That's there's right. A level. There's the overly confident, you've heard them enough after like three stories, like give it a rest. And then there's the, I've just seen him rebuild a whole house. You know, if he wants to stand there that day and go, fucking did that good, everyone should just go, yes, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No argument. You did it all yeah. from the start to the end, all the horrible parts up to the nice parts. And if that's a testament from you, yeah, what would we call it? You know what I was thinking? You know, as you were explaining it, that's why I want to see some pictures. I'm, I'm thinking the end of the Karate Kid 1 movie. He's turning off. Oh, yeah. It's a dojo. I've just got this scene in my head. You're in Japan. And it's, you know, <laughs> you basically want to do that dragon kick thing with, with tools. And I'm just, I'm getting pumped up. <laughs> thinking about yeah, it. I'm yeah, getting all excited. Yeah. Thinking, need some powerful 80s music in the background. But you've just got a sword. You're just cutting the wood. And everyone's a bit sweaty because it's hot. You know, one of the proper yeah. scenes. <laughs> I bet it was, yeah, I bet it was yeah. brilliant. I bet it was absolutely brilliant. Especially Japan. One thing I'd really like to do in my life uh, on my bucket list would go to Tokyo just to see that part of Japan. And if I could, yeah. then go out to the outskirts and see some other parts of Japan. Because obviously, as we know, um, a lot of Japanese carpentry is really, really good as well. Uh, Ice. Some of that Ice stuff is, is amazing. And oh, some of the people yeah. that I follow on Instagram. Because um, not a lot of Japanese carpenters I found, maybe you'd be different, you're a bit closer, are social ones. They're there doing work, but there's not many big social mm. accounts. There's one in America, yeah. Tomo, Tomo Isagino. Oh, yeah. He's a great yeah. guy. He does some fantastic work, and, I, and he's got the most therapeutic voice known to man. Mm-hmm. And his stories are like, you, you're listening to him talk, and I'm like, oh, I could listen to this guy read a book. It's <laughs> got yeah, such a therapeutic voice. I love it. I love it when he starts saying about how how drunk the uh, the other <laughs> trades are. I love it when he starts. So he's funny. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He is. And and that's where you're right. There there isn't that many out there in the sense of they're out there. They're working, but they've got this. Um, um, either they don't understand or they don't um, care about the social status. Yeah. Because it's not about being famous on social media because at the end of the day, and one thing that I do tell a lot of people that I meet and say, you know, you're, you're um, what do you call it? You're an influencer or you're, you're a... Dangerous word. What's the other one? Yeah, yeah. I just sort of say to them, it's like, well, I'm not because at the end of the day, it's, you know, if the people that follow me don't interact with me, I'm, I'm a nobody. Yeah. It's they, they actually put you up on this pedestal and at the end of the day, it's for me, I don't want to come in with any shit work for you to look at if it's mine. It's never going to be shit. It's always like the bar's set. It's if I come in and do something and, and it's sort of like, Oh, what did you do there, man? Like, that's not fucking right. It's, well, um, it'd be media, like, it'd, it'd, like you say, that social media aspect is that you're only interested to people that are interested and you're only relevant to people mm. that find relevance. So, like, yeah, in our industry, you know, a lot of people will follow and watch you because it's interesting to them. 
in their industry. Yes. You will obviously get customers and you will get random people that find an interest in your stories and your work too. I mean, obviously your following mm-hmm. becomes bigger over years if you're interesting. Mm-hmm. Now there's people I know who've been on Instagram maybe longer than you, and, but they've yeah. not chosen to do stories. They don't make posts. So then their Instagram isn't for other yeah. people, if you know what I mean. It's just for yeah. themselves yeah. so they can see other people. But when you yeah. choose to put yourself in the public eye, shall we say, it'll go one or two ways. Mm. People will like you and like your work, or they won't like you or like your work. And then you'll see. Yeah, well, and I, think, <laughs> I think that's 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 probably the biggest thing because uh, you can't be fake on social. You get caught out. And Not an hour three. I think you can. I, I, yeah. I, I think I've, I found a few. I found a few, yeah. and I don't, I don't like... I don't call out anyone's uh, names, but I've I've yeah. been told things by people, and then you're like, mm, yeah, I get it. Now you see it, but then there's the people yeah. who are really good at it, but don't seem to get the following, and I don't understand that myself. So it it can be a double-edged yeah, sword, can't it? Because I I do see people try extremely hard at it, and they got very good yeah. at using social media, but their work necessarily isn't high end mm-hmm. but they've gone yep. down another route so the people are quite happy that they talk about tools more or they're quite happy yeah, that they, yeah. they talk about going to things more or so they're, they're yep. more interested in the social media than they are yeah the job if you know what i mean yeah, so it's, that, a, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a tricky market there i've seen that one myself because we follow cropper to it with the you scribe stuff you know you get approached yep. by people and things and you learn lessons and not everyone you see has what you believe to be behind them because they obviously they're painting a good picture, aren't they? But yeah. then when you actually speak to them and you can, I don't know, I wouldn't say like try to catch people out, but you've only got to say a few things what you know the answer to and if the answer doesn't come back, you know the bullshit mm-hmm. fast. So they're the yeah, ones you yeah. catch out quick. Yeah, and then that's where, like you said, it's people that are in the trade, not more so like us, but people that are in the trade know if you're a shit talker or if you're Say what you mean and mean what you say. Yeah, it's and I know I know what you mean too. There are some people, but these people, without mentioning names, all that happens for me is I just basically lose interest in what they're doing. So they started off with something, and it's more of a curious thing. And there's one of them that like skyrocketed super quick, and I was curious to understand how because I didn't see any. like nothing grabbed me in their content. So it didn't make any sense to me. And then you sort of see, you know, the stuff that um, Tomo's doing, the stuff that uh, there's another guy in Japan, uh, Dylan, that does like, oh, beautiful work, but his accounts. You'll have to send me his tag so I can check it out. Yeah, that's that's okay. Um, But their pages aren't huge. So even for myself, um, with the work that I do, I would have expected by now I'd be a lot more higher when you sort of see these other people coming in and you just sort of go. Well, this is because like it comes, I know what you're saying and I think I know yeah. who you're on about, but I, I, I don't go down that route either at this stage, maybe later on in the podcast when we find yeah. truths, but you don't <laughs> go from two or 3000 followers to over hundreds of thousands of followers or hundred thousand followers without being backed up by business or brands it mm. doesn't work you know and then no. if you look into no. who's following them 
yeah. which is the easiest way to do. You look, yeah. you say, well, it's not a tradesman, 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 it's not a tradesman. Yeah. So then, is it relevant? But if it returns to sale, for example, because obviously I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in a business now, part of my business is that um, yeah. we sell a product. As much as we never, I'm never going to be, we never force it on people. So like, for example, when we, um, I don't use the word approach because that sounds a bit pedo. <laughs> but yeah. when, I, when I ask people or speak <laughs> to them, I like, oh, I've got a product, mm. mate. If you're interested, could, could you have a go for us and give us some feedback? And that's why I always ask as a tradesman, I wanted other tradesmen yeah. to give me the feedback yeah. because then I know mm. whether the product is viable, shall we say, or whether that I can right, say, yeah. listen, this guy believes in it and he uses it and he trusts it. So then, if, mm. you know, maybe ask him what he thinks about it and not, don't ask me all the time because I believe yeah. that's the best recommendation, fellow tradesman. But then when you ask some yeah. of these other people, all they've done is unboxed a thing or they've wore yeah. a thing for two weeks. That's not enough time or enough information or they aren't knowledgeable enough to mm. give proper feedback, but they're making nice videos doing nice scenes. We've got videographers, photographers turning up, mm-hmm. companies turning up, mm-hmm. making professional videos. And you're like, mm-hmm. you know, there's no competition there. They're selling a product. If the product sells, great. There's certain people That's, who yeah. sell products very well. They look a certain mm-hmm. way and certain things. And yeah. that works really well. And they're all over different countries. Um, whether I mean some of them can, can back it up some of them are tradesmen I'm not saying that's not fair on all of them because I know a few yeah, people yeah. that literally do spend loads of time reviewing tools using tools they love tools mm. you know it, it's part of who they are but they aren't tradesmen per se but yeah. well, the, the, if they can give you the proper feedback is, that's brilliant that, you do get that's, so yeah, that, much bullshit don't you and I know in Australia uh, that, yeah. a little bit there's been quite a bit of beef going on Mm. Yeah. There seems to be a bit of drama in Australia with the old um, trade companies and tool brands and a bit of slagging match, which uh, I'm never going to get involved in because it's got nothing to do with me. It's the other side of the world. But I do see it from time to yeah, time. Well, you catch a few yeah, stories yeah. and my mate Kilby's had his fingers mm. burnt a few times. Yeah, yeah and I've, I've, I know. I do know what you mean. It's uh, not something I'll, I'm keen on getting into. And I know when I've been asked certain um things i um i just give an honest opinion that's my opinion doesn't mean it's true correct because i'm sort of falling back on the whole um you know if you're gonna go if you're gonna go awesome especially these days if you're gonna go awesome on instagram then really you need to go awesome on every single platform so that means you know you're going awesome on instagram you open up a youtube channel and they've posted some stuff on there and they're getting nothing. And you sort of stop and go, well, that doesn't make sense. Um, and then you see another platform that they're on and the same thing's happening. And you just sort of go, well, I know personally and I know other people as well. And even uh, even Kilby, when I had a chat to him about it, I, uh, I said to him, I spend close to four hours a night on Instagram, just on Instagram. And it racks my head because the missus will be come to bed and I'm a bit of an insomnia. So I'm, I'm either going to be lying in bed staring at the ceiling or I just go, I'll go social a little bit and yeah, go yeah. check out what other people's doing. And you go spend that time on there um, just to get that interaction, to get some traction. 
Um, Plus, probably replying to messages, it, dude, as well. I know that's you yeah. Probably get yeah. If you do a run of stories, if it's anything, I mean, you're following a bit bigger than ours, so you'll get more trades replies too. But if it's anything like ours, you can get you can like come back to your phone and you've got like 30, 40 messages sometimes. Yeah, that's it. Can take two hours just to reply to them without the other replies, and it can be it can be very yeah. very difficult sometimes. You've got. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, well, some just blues you forget. Yeah, down the list yeah. forty. It's difficult, isn't it? But you don't want yeah. to be rude. Well, and, uh, and you feel like replying. No. You know some are good questions. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. I do try to get back to absolutely everybody. I do miss the occasional one, but I, um, I, and I think I think I did this to you last time. I apologise profusely when I miss someone, if I, if it's been a few days, cause sometimes that's just what happens. You yeah. sort of, you, you're getting back to, and also too, on a business point of view, it's not just the DMs that you're sort of getting low on yeah. or getting down on. It's text messages, it's phone calls, it's emails. And suddenly you're sort of sitting there getting back to everybody. And then you come back and go, you know, you do, I, I even do the whole, cause before Instagram used to let you know exactly how many DMs you have, even if you've got a floater in there. Yeah, and you you just keep on scrolling until you found that little sucker. But now it's they just say you've got twenty, and that's it. And you just go, I oh, yeah, twenty, and you sort of go through them, scroll through them, get back to everybody. And after that twenty, it doesn't tell you that you've got any more. They're just they're basically in the yeah, in the void. They're just so you've, you've got, got to go more. through and <laughs> yeah, you've just got to go through and find them. And and it's one of the biggest things that I try to do is just yeah you try to get back to everybody and you try to, um, and that's the thing too, it's social. So if you're not interacting, if you're not leaving legitimate comments to people, even on their, even on their content, if it's not legitimate, like I can't turn around and, you know, just do a thumbs up for someone or a googly eye or whatever the emojis are. I don't know. But <laughs> I like that one. A Google yeah. eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some crazy yeah. face. Some <laughs> crazy face. It's um, it, it, then you just become um, you know, someone goes, oh, I got a notification. That's great, but I don't want to be there to give someone a notification. I don't want them coming in and looking at that. I want them to realise yeah. or see that yeah. you know you've it's checked difficult. their workout or yeah. Because yeah. sometimes but, I like um, double tap. You know, you can, you know, I like yeah. what they've just said. Thank you very much. And then I think we'll have to reply to them. I was going to reply to this other one. Then you forget. Then they may like yeah. you know, reply a couple of days later. And you go, oh, fucking hell, mate. I wasn't being rude. I was not ignoring you. I just had so many other things to go on. I still got my life. And, you know, the other three yeah. social medias are going off at the same time. And I've just uploaded the YouTube. Yeah. And, I've, and uh, as I've, you know, as, as we both know now, because we've, we've um, spoke on TikTok, that that yeah. platform can skyrocket on another level as well and yeah people should definitely get on definitely get on board of that one I believe so well uh, yeah. I know you've uh, had some TikTok. viral videos really haven't you you've had some millions millions of views yeah yeah I've, I think I've got three or four that have um, really took off hit yeah really really but insane on, it's different yeah, isn't it? It's a, it, it, yeah it, it is different because you're sort of saying on Instagram um, people know who you are people um uh, no one's gonna leave uh, or even if they do at the moment actually if they do leave a a negative comment on on there and i'll revert to my um uh, my coping that i did with a jigsaw 
on Instagram, I think I only had one person state to cut a mitre and cork it. And I, I'm pretty sure I let loose on him on Instagram. But then on TikTok, they come in fast and hard. And all of a sudden, you sort of stop and go, you can't, you literally can't get back to everybody because you're talking about um, 3,000 comments. comments. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, what the freaking <laughs> is going on here? Yeah. And then you sort of also too, you, you, I realized with TikTok that there are a lot more trolls on TikTok. I think it's because it's like, say, people aren't investing in your profile like Instagram. So Instagram is very much, I like the community on Instagram, the whole, everyone that I speak to or speak to regular people that come involved, I just find it a nice platform. And I think that's how, obviously, it's changed a bit. It's far more monetized now. You you can't seem to reach the people that you used Mm. to reach. But, you know, that's just business. And I'm over that now. It's just Instagram shot itself on the foot a bit, I think. But at the end of the day, it's got yeah. a bit of money. Whereas with the TikTok one, at the minute, it's like completely, it's like Pandora's box. One time you can open mm. it and you can get a thousand views, for example. The next time you can open it, you've got a thousand views in like 10 minutes. And then, yeah. you, then you notice 20,000 views, 30,000 views, 40,000 views, 50,000 views, 60,000 mm. views. And obviously that's a lot. Whether then people, and obviously yeah. you can go through the analytics and you can go down it exactly as accurate as you want. But obviously, you can't do anything else other than watch videos. That's so right. Yeah. People can go to your profile for follow you, but I think it's not so much about that. I mean, they will follow you if, if it's something they've automatically found interesting. So you will get the followers, and the followers seem to go sky high, but no one's DMing you. Yeah. No one's going, oh, Anthony, uh, real, they'll comment on your video, won't they? And it's that. 15 seconds or 60 second video that they're commenting on they're not they're not interested in you as a family man they've not seen your workshop in the garden I say garden mm. workshop on your fucking 10 acres <laughs> it's a bit yeah, different yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. stuff like that so it's very immediate so if they're watching a video and you're sharpening a chisel and it gets 10 million views there's going to be at least a thousand people there who are going to say you're fucking doing that wrong whether you're doing it wrong or not yeah, and you're not yeah, even going yeah. to hesitate to think I'm affecting this man socially. I'm going to hurt this man's feelings, which they are because at the end of the day, I'm not saying that. But that's just yeah, yeah. goals, isn't it? They just like that yeah. is sharp and too. Why are you sharp? Or the, or the other guy will be like, you don't need it that sharp. You know, there's always the chalk and the cheese. It's it's mad. You'll have one guy mm. that was perfect. The other guy that's too sharp, and then the other guy that's not sharp enough. And you're like, oh fuck me. What do we do now? Do you leave them to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's impossible and, and to reply to all of that's, them. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's where sort of entering into the whole TikTok to start off with, it's um, mind-boggling because it's almost like you are Pandora's box. You don't know what's going to come or you've entered into a country that you don't speak their language and you're just like, what the fuck's going on here? See, now, and I was about to say just, that. Did you think when you got it, like I did – any social media platform I have a look at, because obviously as a, as a business, I think it's a great tool. So I'm looking at things thinking about, well, what's self-promotion? Because this is how we, we do things. I don't mm-hmm. advertise in any way, shape or form, other than we just use social media. So then I looked at it and I thought, I don't get this. Predominantly at the time, it was mainly um, Asia, wasn't it? There were still some mm-hmm. other countries involved, but mainly Asia. And it was mainly like dancing videos or quirky videos. Yeah. And I didn't understand yeah. it. So I just put it to the back burner and forgot about it. 
And then someone else yeah. mentioned it not long after, and then there was just kids dancing on it. No matter what I went mm-hmm. on, there's just kids doing dances, but they're like millions of followers yeah. and you know, millions of views on the videos. And I was like, oh, fuck. wow, that's like insane. Millions of views. So I just thought, yeah. I'll just dip my toe to see if yeah. it works with a brand, because obviously it's different. Yeah. Yeah. I am doing the job, so I suppose it is is I am yeah, product yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing the job. So some of the videos are more interesting. And then mm. I'm looking at it, I'm thinking that every update, the app was getting like crashes of video editing app now, like an amazing one mm-hmm. with the songs mm-hmm. and all the clips and the filters. Yeah. I thought, right, I'll give it a go. And I'll just post you two in, in the week. And then while I've got like 60,000 views and like 1,000 yeah. followers and all the message, and I'm thinking, and all of a sudden you go, oh, fuck me. That's the new Instagram mm. right there now. That's the biggest, yeah, thing. That, that's, 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 biggest thing. That's exactly, exactly right. That is what Instagram used to be when I started in 2016. It was, you could post something. So at, at the moment with TikTok, I could post something. Um, they've just brought in this new feature. It's been rolling in Australia for a little while where you can now um, not reply to a comment with um, a text. You can actually do a recording of you replying to the comment and whether you're oh, so harsh that. or you're not. I did, I did see that. I haven't used it, but I did see that. It, Come on. Uh, yeah, I, 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 um, I, look, it's, I wish that Instagram had that because sometimes it's just, it is so much easier to get that better involvement, better engagement when they go. Because I, I do it sometimes as well with um, DMs. Sometimes it's just easier to, you know, I don't get him to go for I do, with you I do a lot project. of replies when I can yeah. in video. Yeah. And then I'll yeah. finish people. I'm replying in video. Don't find it weird, but this, mm. this, this is going to save me um, 30 minutes today because I can say all that I want in 60 seconds instead of sending yep. 20 messages. Unless I'm sat down at home and sometimes I don't mind banging out. Yeah, yeah. Text by text yep. by text. But I will reply a lot of video or voice messages too. I yeah, think, yeah. I think you can reply video stories, but no, you can't reply video posts. Yeah, video posts you can't. Yeah, so video so posts I know they've stories. got the whole. Yeah, they've got the whole like their Instagram's got the whole reply feed really good, so messages aren't getting mixed up. Yeah, so you reply to something that's much more like what Facebook is. Yeah, when you reply to things, where with TikTok, so they've started with this now, and I just it's good fun. It, it, you got to. I sort of take it as before now because Instagram's turned into a monetized um, platform. I've now got to treat it that I still want to engage with my um, followings and followers and the rest of it. But at the same time, I need to be more specific as to what I'm posting about. So I wouldn't, for example, um, post about using a Japanese chisel and have a um, traditional handsaw there. I would, I need to be very specific to what it is that I'm posting, um, and actually have a bit more of a better explanatory detail in there as well, because they've made it this way. Uh, where TikTok, it's pretty much. I thought that it was. Um, well, they did have a section there for a little while where they, um, you could only post your niche, so whatever you're doing, and as soon as you strayed from that, they just basically cut your views. Yes, I have noticed that. Move. It's changed because originally, um, you're yeah. like, when I used to post a video, 
slightly off topic because there's a few on our feed where they're slightly off the pattern I was adopting, then they fall mm-hmm. on their arse. Whereas on yep. Instagram, them ones would do better. <laughs> Strange. Yeah. Again, I'm not doing it so that I get more on one. We're obviously just using the platform yep. to, to its benefit. But like I could post one on TikTok and it will have 70,000 views, 100,000 views. And on Instagram, you'll struggle to get seven. Yeah. And then the opposite way around. Yeah. One I'll post to TikTok, yeah. it'll get like a thousand views. And on Instagram, yeah. you know, I've had two hundred messages, six hundred comments, three hundred yeah. likes. That, you know, and you're like, that, I, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> but and I, I think I, you can you see, you can literally almost figure out how one operates to the other within a short space of time, can't you? Yeah. Because I, I think I think the biggest part as well between the two is on Instagram, we've already got that community base that we're building. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even myself at the moment, I, I know I'm trying to engage with that. And um, even even actually other people's uh, posts. So I know, like even with Diamondback, um, I think with um, even you, Scribe, I know I, I involved you in one of my comments in either case, but I, I'm just – trying to keep the community tight but at the same time just involve myself in it so it's sort of like instagram's a big party and we're in a big room and there is no hey you can't comment on my post yeah it's sort of you've come in you're in that room you're in the conversation you're hearing someone's talk about dogs and you you go over there to listen to what they're talking about dogs and you say something about it where tiktok it's basically the there's there's a party 10 times as big it's as noisy as hell. No one can hear anything. Oh, the party's going fun. bang off. It's, it's yeah. So the, so the, the, I think the biggest part that us Instagrammers uh, and tradesmen coming over from the IG over to the tick, it's we're used to what we've got. So we've got that following where we've got that social interaction and we're like, you know, we've got friends on there. And you're comfortable we're, using the platform too, which is weird. That, that's, what, you know, that's right. That becomes normal, which is a, a weird thing in the end. <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you've got your TikTok. You're trying to make new friends. Yeah. Basically. So, you know, you're the guy that nobody knows or you're the person that nobody knows and you're coming in with, your skills, your products, your abilities, you know, what you're going through in your day and you've, um, you've got to try and build that engagement. And I've seen other people do it in the sense of, you know, they do a post to engage with their followers, you know, that they're, I know at the moment I'm doing a lot of um, a short clip, do something about what I've got. I've got updates on the project that I do. Those posts don't do anywhere near as well as what, um, the more creative ones, I suppose you'd call it, do. Well, I think I watched but a few I'll, of yours. One of them, you've just got a narrow gauge chisel on some end grain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all you're doing is literally scraping back and forth four or five times. That yeah. obviously just looks interesting, but it mm-hmm. is the most simple thing. You don't need to teach anyone, you don't yeah. need to say anything. No one needs any more information. It's a sharp chisel, cutting end grain. So it means it's a very sharp chisel. Yeah. So pe- people will know one or two things when they watch it. One, it's a very sharp chisel. And two, it's quite mm. a difficult thing to achieve on the end grain in hardwood to, to yeah. get that done. So then people are watching it thinking, 
that found it satisfying. So it's one of them impulse watches where you just watch it three times. Yes. Or yeah. you've got being like, so you've got the guys that are engaging going, fucking that's a sharp chisel. And it's a good chisel. Yeah. And it's a yeah. hardwood. And you're shaving off very narrow pieces with the hardwood. So they they put all them pieces together in their head. Then before you know it, they'll watch your next one. But that one might bomb in comparison and only have like that. a few thousand watches or 10,000 watches. Yeah. And the other one's got like 1.7 million views. But then yeah. that's the reality that then 10% probably watch your next one, but got it followed. Yeah. And then obviously for us, it's slightly different. And I don't know if you've got any affiliations with any of these brands and things, but I know we've sent you stuff in the past to try. Mm. Um, and I know people will approach you in a similar way, you know, we find someone, you know, he's engaging with people. We need that feedback too, if you know, because then we get yeah. a broader range of feedback, if you know what I mean. So yeah, I don't single people out because there's people with bigger followings than you and some of the people that are doing yeah. it. But I'm yep. not going to get the feedback I need, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and yep. the people that yep. are following them aren't going to give me the feedback I need. You need to find the people yeah. where you think, right, I can see the work he's doing. I see the comments he's getting back. This is the group of people who, who are the same as me, who I can get proper yeah. feedback from. So in Australia, I'm thinking, yeah. right, there's a few guys or no doing the job, doing it right, and, and they talk in circles, and they get proper feedback, proper questions. Whereas, like you say, mm. some of the TikTok stuff, you, you just get the most random, batshit people. Yeah. But yeah. you've used are insane but you can't ignore that yeah. either really so like yeah, yeah you're getting saying, the publicity you need I suppose or the exposure it, yeah. you're, you're trying to reach um, people that may then come to your profile to, to then say I might get a job from it or yeah. maybe a kickback from it obviously if you can get something for free then you know if it's good brilliant if it's not you keep it to yourself sometimes or sometimes you just say yeah, yeah. shit <laughs> buy this thing yeah. it's a pile yeah. of shit don't buy it uh, but then the people yeah. that are following you and watching you trust you then because they know he's not a sellout. That's, that's exactly right. And that's where I think also with the, with the TikTok, when you do get those people following you, even if you do get the trolls with the negative comments, I think now because on there um, it is growing slowly, sometimes it's just nice to sit back and watch them fight against each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like... Much like much like um, our intro with gladiators, it's like sometimes you just sit sit back and just go, "Oh yeah, I won't. I don't need to get back to that guy because this guy just tore him a fucking new one." So <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's basically all fine. But then you you do because you're um you're putting it out there on what you're doing, and at the end of the day, it's I think if you be like everybody else and you treat the platform like everybody else does, you're either going to get that. Um, that famous status we'll call it but you're going to be hollow inside yeah. because no one's going to relate to you no one's going to come in and go how, how did how did you get that that sharp or how did you use the um shameless plug here you scribe in that way shameless like, plug, i don't plug, understand plug the shit out of it mate <laughs> tell everybody <laughs> I, I have got no problem of self-promotion whatsoever <laughs> what no i know i know what you, I know what you mean yeah, yeah yeah you 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 yeah, wouldn't so it, you wouldn't want people coming to your page and asking you a question and then because you just sold out and you just use something quick for the views then not to be able to back it yeah. up because then you'd get found out pretty soon people would call you out as well so 
it wouldn't actually work in yeah. your favour, would it? And I think yeah. it, it's, that happens a lot, I think. Some of them pages, yeah. you know, they, they can't back that's up. The, the best thing that I could probably say that TikTok is, and everybody that, that um, is listening to this, they should jump on it oh, for a start. And secondly... I reckon that you'd almost say that this TikTok is YouTube on steroids. It would be a good way to to be the biggest platform for a lot of people very quickly. What I saw, and you've probably seen it too, is that I've had it for quite a while, but I didn't use it particularly at all for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I didn't get it. It was just, I just thought it was mad as a brush. Because like anything new, Mm -hmm. it takes a little bit of getting into. And then when I got Mm -hmm. into it, um, I saw a few people that I know or kind of see and everyone's shot up pretty quick, you know, who yeah. I find got relevant and decent enough content from their other platforms, if you know what I mean, because mm-hmm. it works, it yeah. transpires. We've had to change it for the platform because TikTok's completely different than Instagram. But when all the celebrities all of a sudden, before the lockdown, mm-hmm. were jumping on yeah, it yeah. and their adverts were coming up, I was thinking... Right, that if if celebrities are being told, because let's be honest, most of them fucking aren't even bothered. They haven't got the time. If they're yeah. people are saying, grab your phone, do a TikTok, you know where it's going. When I saw yeah. that, and I saw a lot of people's following shoot up, that's when I, I had a go. I mean, again, as a small brand, it's never going to transpire like that. It won't blow up like that. But mm. even if. I think we might have, have like 5,000 followers on TikTok, but the followers, yep. again, it's a bit different. If only 1% of them people came to Instagram, that'd be 50 people. Mm-hmm. And out to them 50 people, yep. if five of them liked it, they might have bought you scribes. I downloaded that app for free. It didn't cost me anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. I could have, that, could, that app could have made me a couple hundred quid. I did nothing. I was posting a few videos every now and then. Yeah. Mate, it's, 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 the platform is insane. There's going to be some big, big players advertising on there and definitely working with people to get them there. That'll be such a big platform. You see, I know quite a few companies and brands who are adopting it and saying them words. They're saying it's going to be here. You know, it's going to be on par with YouTube, not necessarily the monetizing of YouTube. Obviously that's next level. You know, people with a million subscribers on YouTube, it could pretty much retire if, you know, they carry on doing yeah, yeah. for 10 years. You know, that I know quite a few that get between 6,000 and 10,000 pounds a month from YouTube videos, which is insane. Yeah. That's about sponsorships yeah. or anything, but it's, it's a very time consuming yeah, job yeah. or they've got people involved That's because making videos, editing videos is different than mm. audio or different than adding pictures and a bit of text to Instagram. It, it's, you know, yeah. really time consuming. I've tried it myself. We've got a bit of mm. YouTube that I did myself and just to get them videos shot, all the different angles you want to set up cameras and all the editing. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, the programs for editing, then put it on your computer and make mm. sure that ratio, then uploading it to YouTube. Yeah. Oh man, you know, then the day's gone. A whole day's gone and you haven't even finished it. Yeah. And yeah. you got to work. You get, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 exactly right. When I was when I was younger and I jumped on there in 27, 2017 for YouTube, um, I I remember doing the like I like it because it's obviously creative, 
same with um, Instagram, even though it's changed a little bit. It's still you've still gonna be very creative, otherwise you're gonna Yeah. You're gonna make people disappointed in they be bored they quick. Expect. They get bored quick. That's yeah. After these days people so, attention spans zero anyway. Yeah. So it's uh, like creative wise, I, I really enjoyed it. It's just the whole the one of the videos I did that was um uh dovetail, cutting the cutting the dovetails by hand. Um it's obviously it's done really well. I recorded that because as you do when you start with um, speaking and talking into a camera, you make a lot of cuffs. And the, <laughs> Big, <laughs> the bloopers, the bloopers sometimes are, yeah, are, are like mint. And you just sort of go, fuck, like I spent four hours recording that and then you're, you're just absolutely zonked at the end of it. I spent... Uh, so to, then to bring that four hours down, you've got to cut it the first time and you've got to cut it the second time. I brought it down to like 31 minutes. I thought, fuck, that's a long video, 31 minutes. Um, but that still took me six hours and then I still had to wait because our internet is just so grand over here for uploading. Yeah, I, I had, to, I had to wait like <laughs> oh, 18 hours for it to upload. I was like so excited when it was up. And I was, swear to God, I was hoping that, that there wasn't a blackout to cut the Wi-Fi off or anything like that. It, yeah, it got up. I was like, that is a lot of work for um, – because I think that was one of the first posts I monetized, and I think it made like $102 for all that work, and you sort of stop. And, and that's where I started going, okay, I can't physically do seven or eight platforms, no. social media, getting in touch with everybody and – the rest of it, I just go. No, I need. To, I need to pick the best three. I need to focus on them, and I need to work because that's where my money is. Yeah. Um. And not not sort of doing um like this. This that we're doing. I I enjoy it. I enjoy the podcast listening to the other ones as well. They're um, yeah. Now that they're, they're brilliant. Um. And same goes with the the rest of it. It's it's. I don't want to start coming in and, and monetizing what I'm doing because then that's giving. It's putting me in the wrong direction to where I want to be. Well, I'd rather do. Yeah, you've got to make one or the other. Then I mean, if 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 you if you manage to get yourself in a position where I don't know you're getting ten thousand plus views on YouTube per video, there's a possibility. Then if you were to do three or four in a month, it, it, it may slightly be worth your while. But then, yeah, you would also need a few other things going on in the background. So, like again purely just through research and all the other things I'll look into. Obviously, sponsorships and people like paying into these uh, Patreons. Have you got Patreon systems? And yeah, so it's basically, feel weird with that. Yeah, so then it becomes, yeah, like, so that's like me saying, I'll tell you what, I'll make a YouTube channel, but then people then pay you per month mm. kind of in the background to do like even extra videos on certain things. Now, I get it, and mm. I think that's where the world will be. And at some point, I may attempt something. Got an idea, but man, it's the, like you say it's the, the time in that initially versus the reward is zero. Mm. Like you've got to gear yourself up, thinking right, this is the, this is the long game. So, yeah. and you've got yourself get yourself in space. Like all the people I know uh, who do pretty well out of it, they now take on more of the responsibility from the start. But then yeah. 
a few people that I spoke to that do YouTube and they do make a decent bit of money out of it. Say they make two or three thousand dollars a month out of it. They are recording in the video um stuff, but then they're sending it out for editing. Yeah. So, so yeah. they know they've got the following and they know they've got the people that are on YouTube to subscribe. But then what they're doing is cutting out that bit of work so that it works out for them. So they might be sending it to someone that maybe charged them three or four hundred quid at a time. Yeah. When on YouTube they know they might be making eight or nine hundred quid from it. So then yeah. you can see when it when it's worth it. But it takes years, you know. Mm. People just think they're going to go boom, social media, Instagram, TikTok, open boxes, do some giveaways. And they're going to get to 2,000 followers, 2,000 followers, and then it's going to plateau hard for a while. And it's tough. Mm. You've got to treat it either as something you enjoy and you may do yeah. well from it, or don't sweat it and just let it go as it goes. And then at some point, yeah. you'll enjoy it more because it becomes too big a thing now obviously we'd use it for a business and obviously you probably in the same position because you'll, you'll follow it all three times hours so I can just imagine but some days I just have to leave it I can't mm. I can't cope with it I have to have three I've had about three or four days now where I've really been very active because you just can't post every day just try, you know even though you know how it works <laughs> you think to yourself yeah. I know yeah. the machine and I, and I want to drive it. I want to be this robot. You know, I want to be there for everybody all the time. And then sometimes you just go, ah, oh, fuck it. What, you know, it's human at the end of the day. You've got kids and stuff. And, you know, you just have to leave it alone a little bit, don't you? That's, yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. But we've, we've had a good, we had a good nail down there, the social media, Anthony. Thank you very much. Uh, not many mm. go down that deep because we can't. It's hard to understand unless you've uh, been in all of it. But mm. I know you're a family man. I know you've got a, a few kids, yep. Anthony, from what I can see on your, your profile. Uh, and it looks yep. like you live in like a nice space. You've got a big open space and you've got your own workshop, which is. Yeah. Special. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got a workshop down um, in Berlin, so I've got a drive there. It's like a seventeen minute drive. It's not the end of the world. It's just sometimes when we work. Yeah, I have to drive um, two years. Some so, big yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean. It's just at the end of the day, you just feel like going home, not going to do more work. Yeah. Um, well, sometimes though, you need to be working live, from there. You can't do everything. That, that yeah, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. get done. No, no, well, that's the thing too. Like, it's um, when you sort of go in the workshop, how I've built it, I've got somewhere just over 100 grand worth of machinery and tools and equipment. So it, it needs to keep operating. It can't just sit there. It's. Um, well, that's it for the people listening that haven't followed you, maybe, or not seen your stories or your posts in depth. Your workshops, you know, it's pretty impressive. You know, four panel saw. Plenty of space, um, edge bander, and you know, you do your own spraying and things. You know, you've got your yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, you're geared up, mate. You, it's not like you've got a makeshift. It's a it's a full fully operational yeah. workspace, isn't it? Of all the gear. That's yeah. That's exactly right. That that's how I wanted to get it operated. So that um, obviously with the business that I'm running at the moment, I do sub out a lot of my work, but. I only subby the mundane stuff, probably the best way to put it, the stuff that I don't need to put my hand on. I just subby out. So 
Well, you Where can't, you can't do gone. everything. Plus, you don't want to do every last thing, do you? There's some things like no. painting, and it would just be a waste of your time. You know, you wouldn't take yeah. projects on. Like you say, you're the project manager, but you know, if you can be down the workshop making the cabinetry while the other guys skimming or yeah, I don't know plumbing, yeah. whatever it may be, then that's that's it. Isn't yeah. it? That, that's that's right. Where I'm more set up for the custom work. So I'd rather be doing, you know, a house lot of windows, double glaze, sashes, entry doors, um, yeah, your cabinetry, furniture, not so much because what I genuinely want to do with furniture, I think, is dying. So most it's, people, it's most no people long- see it. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt me. Most people see it as overkill these days. Yeah, they, they, they want the version of it. Yeah, they don't want. Yeah that version of yeah. it anymore some people do granted yeah. and I've seen some of your live edge worktops and a few mm. bits that you've done on vanities and uh, they will come up but it's yeah like I say it's rare isn't it now? it's it, yeah and, they, and these days as well it seems like it's more the timber work is for the DIYer yeah where they just tend to just the quality the, the quality that's needed to get it into a client's home is just totally different where if I come in with my piece for a client and that's side by side with the DIY or the home handyman or whoever it is, it's um, you could see the difference between the pair of them. But then getting someone to pay for that piece is another story. Like obviously, I, I know I've got a good name and I've got a good reputation, but I found that uh, people these days would rather spend, you know. Twenty, thirty thousand dollars in their kitchen and bathroom renovation, then get a beautiful dining table made for eight yeah. grand. Like they, they just, it just, it's not going to happen. And that's my realization of it. And that's where by having the three kids, the misses, I say the misses, but she's not that bad. Mine. <laughs> she'll, nev- she'll, say nev- the missus. she'll never she- listen. But if she does, what a beautiful lady and how how well she keeps that house and I'd, looks after the family. Uh, well, I'd I'd say mind you, she's like just over there, probably the other side of this door, with her ear on it. And um, yeah, she she, she she's all right. No worries. Behind every it's, good uh, man, Auntie, you, you, I like. Yeah, oh. I'm on them. I'm, I know. Like I can't do what my wife can do. I'm not one of them soppy romantic types, mm. but behind every good man needs to be a good woman. Otherwise this doesn't happen. So yeah, we, yeah, have, that, we yeah. have to be real and say they do their part, mate, that yeah. we couldn't do for definite. No, that, that's, that's right. And that's where I think um, sort of starting the business off, it was also to sort of go um, in 2010, I had a different business and it was a lot more better for all your custom solid timber um, the business I called it, it was uh, traditionally unique furniture. So I was coming up as one of these posh furniture makers. Yeah, trying to be um, high-end, shall we say. It's pretty much, yeah. So that, that's where I started it um, with the business, but I had to shut that one down um, due to a car accident I had. You know, I wanted to touch on to that, but if you could tell us that story, yeah. I know we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll waffle on, mate, but yeah. don't worry, podcasts can go on. Yeah. But, I can remember seeing some of your posts early doors when you were struggling with your back and Mm -hmm. I didn't know the backstory until you eventually told it on one of your stories. So you was that company pretty much ending because of 
your injury. Yeah, pretty so, pretty much. I had to I, rapping, I had to man. shut the. So I, it was like painstaking. So the business. So when I say painstaking, not the accident sucked ass, obviously. But <laughs> the business was at a was at a point where I was double, ready you're to, trying to say double painful, aren't you? <laughs> double, <yeah. laughs> so the business was at a point where I was ready to put a couple of blokes on. Um, we were ready to build a brand new factory, get bigger because I just had so much work on. Yeah. Um, and I back then, it's funny, like, or I should say it's not funny. It's more interesting because you end up getting burnt by going through these things that you find out in life and you go, other people, I'm talking to other people and they're saying the only way to make money is to, you know, work for builders, work for volume stuff and like get it in, get it out, keep things moving. And that's where that business was sort of going, even though I didn't like it. It was more, again, it's just paying the bills, doing that type of thing. You've got to be realistic um, sometimes in an unrealistic situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we had, first up, we had um, wife. My wife had uh, our first uh, firstborn, seven weeks prem. So he was right, yeah. So a little bit nervous uh, beginning there. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, I was I was like twenty seven, I think twenty seven. Uh, first time dad, and it didn't even hit me until we were taking him home that he was my son. Um, I was too terrified to hold him. Like he was, his head like fitted in the palm of my hand, and his <laughs> legs finished like right here. He was only like this big. Tiny. And it, it terrified the absolute crap out of me. And at that stage, um, I nearly uh, – so we come home, me and Mrs. come home. He stayed in the intensive care. And it was one night uh, the Mrs. bled out. It was probably about, I reckon, five days after she come home, she bled out. And she went as white as a sheet and I rushed her to the hospital, which is for us it's like another 40 minutes away. And um, I was in the hospital. It's a bit of a scary <clears throat> drive though, mate. I could imagine. That's a, yeah, yeah. Not close. So, uh, she, you know, especially when that's happening, she was like, she like it was not to make it graphic for anybody. Yeah. But if you, Real's if you, real, if mate. You've got a Real's graphic real. mind. Yeah. It's, yeah, <laughs> you it's, can picture it. Basically get, yeah, you get, get, get a cup of water, like a couple of cups of water and just drop it on the floor. That's how much blood came out. And when it's not clear and it's red, it was like oh, I was in panic mode, something yeah. chronic and got out there, the doctors didn't um, hook her up to the IV or the um, water and she needed to go to the toilet. She passed out in the toilet and they, like, she was done. Um, they, they, um, I heard a buzzer go, so I don't know if they had, if she hit the buzzer or if there's a sensor in there to tell when someone's fallen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they wheeled her out, got her on the bed. They couldn't find her pulse for, um, close to a uh, close to a minute or two, and I thought that that was it. I was I was going to be you know single dad then yeah single dad and that's it. Shit your pants. Um, yeah. So I, I basically because of all this that happened, I ended up stuffing myself up because I started doing more at home to help. Yeah, yeah, of course. Which, 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 you and, know, uh, no one's ever going to yeah, say that's completely. You know, I'm pretty sure, mate. If we'd all seen or been through that, we'd definitely want to be at home more, 100%. Yeah. So, 
then from there, I think I reached the point where I was because I, I think I was getting up for the nighttime feeds because he wasn't breastfeeding; it was by the bottle. Just yeah, to yeah. Keep and this is a well, if you couldn't, you couldn't breastfeed and, anyway, mate. <laughs> oh no, that's, that's, that's right. There's there's things we're good for, but that's definitely not one of them. It's one of them other things those blokes are no good at. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that, that, that's that's why I like the second one and the third one. It was like, here you go, just, just grab me out of the cot. Here you go, nothing yeah. I can do about it. Back when they're bottle fed, it's it's um it's us. So I was I was literally tired, exhausted. I started going back to work doing full time. I think the whole thing went for about a good four weeks that we were going through this stuff and me sort of helping her a lot more. Yeah, you felt comfortable. I, yeah. Yeah, I felt, felt like she was going to be all right. So even though I was tired, when you're young, you keep doing what you're doing. And some of the hours that I used to do, close to 20 hours a day, sometimes more, sometimes a little bit less. I do a lot less now because you live and learn. Um, I got a phone call from a client that uh, lived out by the border. So they were uh, they're about three and a half, four hours away from myself. Gave me a call and said to me, you know, we haven't. They put on a, a, a good sob story that I felt not that I felt for, but I felt sorry for them because they couldn't get any tradesmen out there because they were so far. And I said to them, "Look, yeah, that's fine. I'll come and give you a hand." And um, I think they had a budget of like fifteen grand for a kitchen, and I was like, "All right, I can. I reckon I can come out and help you. I, I can make it worth my while, doing, so I'll figure it out." Yeah, deal. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. Um, so I got up early in the morning, hopped in the car, I. Right, went through driving down there and um, I was driving on a gravel road out to this middle. Literally, you say Australia is such a large country. <laughs> this, I was in the middle of nowhere. I um, I didn't at the time, and this is a learned thing, I didn't tell them this is where I was going. I didn't tell, like my wife had the address where I was going, but she didn't know what roads I was taking. She didn't, I didn't give her a copy of the map where I'd be going. But you probably, you probably thought, you know, until these things happen, you wouldn't think about doing that, yeah. would you? It's just, I'm just that, going to look at a job. Exactly, I'll be yeah. back late today because it's so far away. Yeah. But you've got some so, correspondence, which is, you know, standard really, isn't it? That, that's, that's right. Well, now obviously things are a lot more different. But um, I went driving down there and I, I reckon I was literally 15 minutes away from the client's house. I was driving down a dirt road. I was going, um, I was going about sixty. It was a hundred k road on a gravel road, and I couldn't go past eighty because the car was like hailing. Yeah, yeah, driving through there was big. There was a cross crossroad. I didn't see the stop sign because it was blocked. It, like there was a willow tree blocking the sign. Another car was coming in the other direction. I just basically locked the car up. The Ute span around three sixty. And I went straight through the I, – I didn't hit the other car. The other car was going pretty fast. They didn't even stop to see if I was okay. But probably at the um, time, the only two cars for miles, which is – Pretty like. much. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Given how fast they were going, I reckon, yeah, that, that would have been right. I went um, through, the, through the crossroads. I went uh, – obviously, at this point, I lost control of the car. Went down the embankment. The car went up in the air. And the chassis of the car impacted with the ground. Um, at the at the time, I just I remember it. I just don't remember being in pain until after I saw the client. 
Shock. So I Pretty the car shock. the car was pr- pretty much my adrenaline was going. So I had to dig the car out and push it back on the road myself. And I did that. Like it felt like I did that within minutes. Like put it in neutral and I just gave it a rock and pushed it back on the road. I've heard a the few steering stories. Wheel was, I've had a few a few stories of Anthony where adrenaline saved people's lives. And I think that human bodies yeah. are amazing. A few stories that I've heard, a few people they've had crashes and then they've suffered terribly after. But at that time, for whatever reason, the adrenaline in the body got them out of the way, got them up, got them out of things. And when yeah. they look back, they go, that's impossible to how I feel now. Yeah. But you, you, yeah. your body basically saves your ass for that next five minutes. Yeah. And if someone doesn't come yeah. in the next five or ten minutes, that, that's when you fucking start being in trouble. So by the sounds of it, you, get that, you almost get like a superhuman five minutes where your yeah. body's so full of the drugs that your body can produce that then you're almost like a superhero for the next five minutes. You just don't know what's going on and you feel fine and you get yourself back on the road, what it sounds like, and then yeah. boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, to mad. a T. So you literally yeah. got the so car the, back up to the road. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Got the car back onto the road and then started up. And I was thinking to myself, like when I hopped back in the car, I was like, oh shit, like my back's really sore. Oops just in one specific spot. It was really, really sore. And I thought, um, I'm literally around the corner. I'd be a, a douchebag now to basically turn around and go home. Yeah. I went, I went there. The, yeah. I, I went there. Even, that's right. Even, that's a mentality. Yeah, that's a, that's like, a, yeah. <laughs> I hurt myself. I'm here now. Come on, stop being a funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah pre- pretty much. So I, I get in there and I, I was, I was uh, feeling it when I got out of the car. Had the consultation with him and popped in the car and I gave the um, the car at the t- at the time I'm like fuck like this is bad I'm about two hours out from Bendigo and the, the steering wheels like this the car's <laughs> driving straight but the steering wheels like this because uh, I obviously bent one of the rims yeah so I took me time getting out to Bendigo I gave the I had a guy that looked at the car and sort of got it right for me um, cleaned up the wheels and it was driving a lot more straighter. And then uh, I drove from there all the way back to home, which the missus, I ended up getting a good scolding from the missus. She made me go down to the doctors and the doctors is like, they treated me like I was paraplegic. They had me hooked up with a neck harness and they were telling me, you know, ambulance is coming for you. We're going to get, we need to get x-rays. We need to do this because it's where you're feeling pain isn't, isn't right. I'm like, okay. Um, it was quicker for us to drive to the hospital. That's what we did. I was there for... <laughs> it's a mad Australia, it's mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. just drove four hours, snapped your back, consulted yeah. with somebody for an hour, drove two hours to get your car fixed, drove another two hours to yeah. get home, to be told by the missus, yeah. right, we're driving to the doctors, <laughs> for the doctor to say, yeah. the doctor's coming, for you to say, now nah, drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty much, pretty much. So we, we, we got down there. They took x-rays. They didn't actually tell me that my, my back was broken. I was walking around for three weeks. I was still working in a lot of pain, but I was still working because we needed to pay the bills. Gotcha. And um, I think I took about one week off, and then I had to go and finish off some jobs so we can get some money in. They ended up taking me such a long time, and um, – the doctor said to me, my back should, be, should have been better by now. We need to send you off to physio. Physio said to me, we need to get a CT scan. And then long story short, after I got the CT back, 
he sat me down and then it was like a totally different scenario. They had me locked up, my chest, everything locked up uh, in a full harness. And he goes to me, you've broken your back, you've crushed your spine, you've shattered your vertebrae, you've got wedge spinal fractures. From the impact, I've got a permanent scoliosis of the spine. And um, he, just, he just said to me, I don't even know how you're walking. So literally, I, just by hook or by crook, literally somehow you were standing upright when they're basically yeah. saying you're millimetres from, I don't know, yeah. worse than yeah. all they, 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 Yeah, they pretty much all they said is I'm lucky that I didn't um, damage my, I mustn't have damaged my spinal cord which was the only reason why I was up. And all that pain is from the wedge spinal fractures and the vertebrae that I shattered. It's, um, so the, inc- the incident I've got, or where the accident is, it's in between my shoulder blades. So I've got three vertebrae that I've lost um, 20% on one, 40% on another, and 30% on the last. And I've pretty much lost like um, 30 mil or just over, what do you use, metric or imperial? You can use that. Yeah, just, just over an inch for our followers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just yeah, just over an inch uh, in height, and then from there it was basically. So I you're actually smaller. Yeah, that crash made you smaller. That made me smaller. <laughs> no way. That yeah, mad. yeah. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. You are oh, an inch it, and a bit smaller from from the crash. Yeah. That's crazy. That is. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's then from there I, I went on. Um, so I had the harness on. They told me that I couldn't move around for six weeks. The pain will stop. Six weeks turned into uh, three months, and then at three months I got to the point where they said to me, "No, we've got to take the harness off, and um, See we right. need to go through the rehab. Some, something else is going on." I went to six or seven specialists. None of them would touch me because my spine wasn't out by 45 degrees. It was only out by 22. So they wouldn't cut me open and do any fusion works, which I was semi-half fine with. But um, At this time, you were uh, thinking yeah. of anything there, weren't you? But you'd pretty pretty much. Yeah, the, only, yeah. the only bit of relief I got was the uh, fentanyl um, patches, which even that got to a point because I got such a high tolerance for drugs. Um, I was on the second highest dose that I could legally take. And that fentanyl is not, not good news, is it, if you're on it for a long time? No, no, no. Then, then um, so even from that, so I had my drugs. They took, When they took the harness off, I fell to the ground because I had no, I lost all my muscle mass. Yeah. It took me um, three months to learn just how to walk and literally not even far, like just baby steps. And it took me another um, eight weeks to be able to consistently work, walk for 15 minutes. It was just a, a long, long process. When um, after, after a little while being on the drugs, they, um, the specialist said to me, you know, we're worried that you're going to stop breathing at night time. Oh, nice. Just, just, just thanks. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Cheers. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for the next bit of info. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't, <laughs> they don't tell you about it when you're taking it. They just give you a leaflet and expect you to read it, which when you're doped up, you don't read shit. Just what the pain goes. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty much. So it's, um, they, then from there, they booked me into like a, literally a drug rehabilitation center where they pumped me so much with uh, ketamine, which is a 
or strength or organizer. Strength organizer, yeah. To 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 help me get over the um, withdrawals. So and the withdrawals, it's the one of the worst pains you let you, you'd ever feel. It's like three times worse than having the proper flu. It's really really bad. No way. You can um, see, so probably you you can sympathise in one way because obviously it's a it's a selective choice, yeah. but you can sympathise with maybe some people that have got some serious addiction and why they are addicted because the pain of coming yeah. away from some well, of these drugs must be horrific. Yeah, and that, and that's half the problem with these people. I understand it, but they didn't have like I was lucky. It was all paid by. That's it. It's, it's a selective. Right. They wanted to take the drugs that. Yeah, you know, you're you're basically a moron for doing it if you've got yourself in that position. I mean, yeah, that's a very difficult thing. As people take drugs for other reasons, yeah. but we'll, we won't go into that. But like you see, you you can literally sit there and go, I've I've had to go through rehab, but mm. without a choice because it was either yeah. crippling pain or yep. not being able to breathe, yeah, or get off. The drugs? That's pretty much it. That is insane. Yeah. And bearing in mind, you go yeah. back to the crash, you got up, you got out, and you moved your car, yeah. you did all them things. And then now, yeah. you, can't, you can't walk. You've got to learn to walk. And mm. you're struggling for breath. That's mad. That is insane. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. I, I say, I, I know what a hangover feels like. And, you know, that's the, the, you know, you feel like death then. So I can only imagine mm. what three months of weaning off high medication must mm. be. it must have been horrendous dude yeah I look the first to be honest to, and, and to be brutally honest I reckon the first the first day was awesome <laughs> <laughs> the first day was Woo! like it was really nice after that yeah you sort of hit that peak in the in the, the first day and then the rest of the day the rest of the days that I was there I was there for seven days I was itching to, like, I wanted to get home. I had enough of being there. Yeah. it's you just, Because of the ketamine too, like, you stop feeling your skin. You stop, you know, being able to function properly. You can't walk. You can't. Like, I was walking to go to the toilet that was literally 10 metres away, and it felt like I was walking on the wall as opposed to <laughs> walking on the floor. <laughs> So you're just like on out a 90 degree bend and you're walking. Out of body experience it's, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going, I'm just yeah, going for definitely. a piss, but I feel like I'm on yeah. the moon. Yeah, That's definitely crazy. don't recommend it. So, but now, unfortunately, I've got I've still got chronic pain that I've got to deal with, um, and that's with me every single day. And the best way for me to explain that is uh, on a normal day, it would feel like someone's got a knife and they're sticking it in between your vertebrae and just giving it a bit of a jiggle oh man that's just that's so you, uh so you get that, up and that's then every day you pretty much feel like there's someone stabbing you in between your shoulder yep. every day every single day and when i'm really bad it feels like someone's like literally attacked me with a sledgehammer so what do you have to do do, feels you, do, like, do you have to kind of not medicate all the time because I can appreciate that's not healthy, but then sometimes uh, yeah. dip into no, it because I you don't, just can't. I'm, no, I don't, I don't touch drugs. You leave it now? Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% don't touch any form of drug. Um, the only thing I do do is when I do get really bad is I probably I have a drink or two. Yeah, I think we're, 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 we're just, nobody, just to take that edge. 
nobody's going to say you're not allowed to be a mate after all that. <laughs> yeah. I, tell you, I tell you what, I mean, I'm not, I'm no expert, so um, don't take this uh, as gospel. But quite a few people have spoke really highly of these CBD oils. I don't know if you've tried any of them things. Yeah, we can't get them here. Are you joking? Is it not allowed? Yeah, no, that's not allowed. Dick. I wonder if yeah. maybe will maybe I don't know maybe they will in the future. But a friend of mine, um, I say a friend, someone I've met again met for social media. He is a friend. I don't mean that way. But he um, he takes CBD oil for a few things, and he he said had some amazing, amazing mm. like effects from it, and he feels better. Um, his pains nowhere near as bad. He's got lower back problem, sciatica, and stuff like that. And, yeah, a, few other, yeah. a few other things um, a few other people have told me about these CBD oils like I was even contemplating just having them for general health I mean because they've got no THC effect yeah. you don't get high it's just the mm. whatever the CBD effects yeah. are um, yeah, but it's a shame yeah. mate so maybe maybe you've got to get them on the black market maybe if I can send some in some yeah the Australians are strict it's hard enough send plastic boxes yeah yeah I reckon I reckon a few more years they might bring it in that might be good um, especially for medicinal I don't mean it as like oh you know you've got legalised weed like some countries or some places in America but I mean you know it does seem one you know a lot of people are saying what good effects it's getting I bet for some people it does nothing You, you might take it and nothing be unlucky but you might get it yeah if it was 10 percent better 10 percent a lot better than nothing isn't it mate uh yeah absolutely uh, it just, it's all it is, is that take that edge but you're lucky you're standing and you're walking and everything they'll do so i suppose one respect well your family yeah. and your kids and your wife and everything you went through over that short period of time a bit of pain mm. probably now you're thinking is not a big deal even though nah, some days like, you probably it, think fuck <laughs> oh, go yeah so look i a lot, a lot of the days I do turn around and think to myself, how the fuck did I get that done? Especially yeah. with how I'm sort of moving around at home and hard to get up, hard to breathe, hard to sleep at night and I've got to stay up till two, blooming, trying to get myself tired. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. I imagine that, that's had a bit of an effect on your, your chemicals mm. in your body in the long run. It's just going to happen, isn't it? You, you, your body's an amazing yeah, that, machine, but you can change it and alter it and that's how it works, isn't it? That's yeah, that's right. And I think I think too that's where um obviously we've all got ambitions and we've all got ideas on where we want to be. Uh with myself, I'm trying to grow the business to a point where I'm taking more of that managerial role. Yeah. And got the so just just because I know every year at the moment I've felt it worse. Yeah. And by the time I'm in my forties, fifties, I don't want to be that grumpy ass tradesman. Um, that has to keep paying his bills and has to keep doing the work. It's I'd rather just get the people that sort of see my ambition and dream and sort of go, you know, I I would rather, you know, scribe all day for you than cook for the guy down the road that's paying me less than what you're going to pay me. Of course, yeah. Like it just gives you purpose, I suppose. It's probably like the you best say, if way. You can, build, you can build on the ethos that, you know, you learn early on with, you know, the, the teaching and the mentors and all the amazing things that you did as a kid um, to now, obviously, from a bad situation, make a good situation. And if you can mm. almost become the mentor now, you know, yeah. but then people 
obviously in return make you money because they're doing the work on their jobs if you can grow your business so you're more of the project manager you'll always be hands-on i dare say it's going to be a tricky oh, yeah. and a very difficult day yeah. to drop the tools but yeah. at the same time you know yeah. if you're spending more time with a family and it's not causing you uh, back as much jip like you say you know you're not kidding mm. yourself as years go on it's going to get tougher it's going to get tough for us all anyway yeah. without oh uh, yeah yeah injuries. that's right so you know yeah. you, you, you're just being realistic and thinking that well how do I phase myself not out of work but into a position to work safely because you know if if like say someone like yourself working by himself and not doing things correctly the repercussions for you are far worse than maybe somebody else you've only got to slip a little bit and fall yeah and that effect then on your family and yourself which you probably think about all the time is catastrophic whereas yeah if you're paying somebody else to do it and they're doing it safely one they shouldn't be falling but two if there was an accident you might not be the worst outcome you know what i mean where yeah you've got me thinking at the end of the day you're not chucking someone under the bus but if someone are doing these jobs for you, it's less likely the risk for yourself. It's not saying that you point anyone else. Yeah. The job's the job, isn't it? But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where at the end of the day, when you're on the, the risk, job you? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Accidents are always going to happen. Oh, great. And at the end of the day, I think it's, uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing is just having those guys that want to work passionately, I suppose. Yeah. Got, that's, that's probably the, that's that the hardest thing. It's definitely got to yeah. wash through. You've got to work with people. Yeah. They haven't got to be the same as you, but they've got to be the same work rate and they've got to have the same passion because we all yeah. get there differently. And obviously being different is what makes us all who we are. And what's brilliant about some of these podcasts is even about fantastic stories and how people go about doing different things, but getting the same outcome. If you know what I mean? Yeah. We're all doing it yeah, yeah, that, our way. Yeah. As long as we'll get that final finish, the best finish yeah. that we can. That, happy days. And, and that and that's that's probably the biggest the biggest part of um that I don't talk enough because I know I talk a, a lot about trying to do things perfect, but we're just trying to basically make it as good as we possibly can. Some of us have a higher scale sit, skill set than others. Um, but even the stuff that I do, it's not, it's not perfect. There's always something that I know that has happened in it that no one else will ever know because you're really good at hiding your, um, yes, your stuff Ex- experience that is, mate. Yeah, that's, that's right. You know yourself and that's I know right. yourself. Sometimes you can be playing in a piece of wood and then it'll splinter off. Now, the only way to repair <laughs> that then is to sand that little bit away. So it might not be as perfect yeah. as the other part, but overall, yeah. that 0.5 or one of a millimetre is not acceptable. It's still amazing. It's just that that part now is that, yeah. that part. And that's because you cut it wrong. That's just because this thing happened. But you know how to yeah. get around it without creating yeah. an issue. And that's, that comes down to experience. Like you say, people have a different skill set, but sometimes the biggest skill is that bit of experience what to do in a bad situation that that yeah gets you out of some shit fast <laughs> oh yeah oh shit yeah yeah that panic you get when you make something or do something wrong the first time washes over you don't it and you sit there mm-hmm. no matter where you look your head's spinning you're like oh, i don't know what to do i don't know what to do i don't know what to do but then the next time you do it because you've solved it you're almost like that i'll do that I'll do that i sorted it and there's no panic and then you're yeah. like oh, I had a big panic the first time but we all do it yeah. it's normally like you say yeah, yeah. it comes back to the early conversation it doesn't happen on the five pound pair of hinges 
it happens on the five grand appliance or the yeah. six grand worth of timber that you're putting around a room. That's when it happens. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right. Oh my gosh, how many times? All, all the time, dude. All the time, dude. <laughs> but yeah. listen, Anthony, um, I don't like to cut podcasts short because I'd like that's to go right. on forever, but we'll, we'll definitely revisit this another time. Your story it's very interesting I think people are going to really like this mate I do anyway for the start I think it's brilliant ah, what I tend to do is we've got to yeah. wrap it up at some point um, and I think we'll we'll, we'll go down uh, finishing there because we could probably talk the next part another oh, time quite easily mate yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff you've done I know there's a lot of stuff that we paid and there's a lot of stuff we've talked about on and DMs in the past that we could easily talk for hours and hours on but that's why I like to save Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Can't give everyone yeah, yeah. all the stuff. Can't give more the juice straight yeah. away. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's a social secret, isn't it? You've got to have content. Oh, you've got to create content and you've got to work out. I can't believe I speak to so many people and there's so many people I've got like lined up for new podcasts whose stories are insane. I can't, you're just like, we need, I need to hear it. <laughs> and if people, yeah, yeah. And other people are going to listen and go, no fucking way, that's mad. You know, it's just, it's just yeah, yeah. maybe that's just because I'm a bit of a social creature anyway. But I like I like to hear people's backstories. I don't know what it is. I, I like putting the whole story to the people that I'm seeing. Yeah. People have got like yeah. quite normal stories, but everyone's got a bit of something that's going on. Yeah. Some have got more yeah, interesting yeah. facts. I mean, that was the car crash and everything dude's insane, isn't it? But then yeah. you, you you everyone's got a little bit. And I think that's what we all like. We all like hearing. We're all real. Mm. No one's yeah, that's right. We've all got a shit that's going right. on. But at the same time, we're all the same. We're all the same. That's exactly right. And I think the biggest thing there is, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you're doing in life, but you're only going to make a difference while you're here. Exactly, mate. There's no, you, you've got as one, soon as you're gone, the, you've got one shot. I'm, I'm not a believer in God, so I'm not gonna. Um, I do say the Lord every that, now and then, but I'm more, I'm more of a. <laughs> you hear it? We're not going down that route this time. Maybe another time. <laughs> yeah. I don't any. Don't any I was gonna say I do, don't I do too, but uh, don't any Bible may not like people, my conversations. Don't, yeah, don't any religious people <laughs> feeling offended? It's just my view. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, I think, I think, I think the biggest part there is people need to realise we're tradesmen. Yeah, and that's right. We like we do like to have a bit of a, you know, bit of a joke. Sometimes well, we find things a little bit funnier than than what yeah, other people do, but I they just need to just don't skewed, take it so a, seriously. Most of them have got a skewed sense of humour, and what I find with most yeah, children, yeah. I don't find having a conversation's ever been a problem with any of them. And within a short period of time, you know, we're taking the piss out of each other. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, it starts yeah. fast. You're already in. You're, you're in that environment. You feel comfortable. This is how we all are. You know, we've got a few things we like to talk about. The work, the tools, and normally food, drink, you know. Yeah. And then we combine the three. Oh, mate, you, you, you might as well just leave us for the weekend. We're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what we yeah, love that's doing. that's right. But what yeah. I've done, Anthony, I've got these quick 10 questions. Yeah. You've probably heard uh, me asking yeah, a few yeah. other people. So I like to just finish on this note. I think it's just a bit of fun, really, at the end of the day. So I'm going to start yeah, off with right. favorite food. Uh, favorite food Chinese Chinese well that's going to ruin one of the other questions but don't worry oh uh, well hang on hang on no it's okay let me put it down to um, I, I, my favourite food is uh, sweet and sour pork can't go wrong with that 
Favorite okay. sport? There we go. Soccer. Festool or Milwaukee? Festool. Yeah, convert. To your coffee. Can't believe you said Milwaukee. Well, you said Milwaukee. To, what the hell? I have to put another one at the end. <laughs> Some guys are finding me put McKeatron. Some guys are put DeWalter. But I think you know what? The answer's already there in front of me with a few. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm gonna have to change these. They don't correlate long for everyone, but uh, I just like to ask this. Yeah, you, one. yeah like you need to make it harder. You need to go like Festool or Mifel. Which one are you gonna choose? Oh, fucking hell, <laughs> mate. That, yeah. The problem is then that's the thing is right. You can't answer that. That's that's a whole. Yeah. There's nine podcasts yeah, there. <laughs> it's too yeah, difficult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dominoes or biscuits? Biscuits. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Working inside or working outside? Mm. I do like working inside. Finishing work. Uh, Handmade or bought in? Handmade. Chinese or Indian? We we know we have. Yeah, Chinese. So that would happen. One million pounds or work for life? I'd have to go work for life. Work for life. Now, this last one, this, this would correlate to a TV program. You must have watched it. You, <laughs> you just kind of guessed. But did that bitch, uh, Al Baskin, <laughs> feed Don to the Tigers? <laughs> bloody hell, she did. <laughs> Hands bloody down, she, she did. Bloody hell, Cabba. She fucking yeah. did it. <laughs> she, oh, she, she, she's a fucking right nut job. She is. Tell you what. She, I've, I've, oh, you I've could do a it. whole episode, mate, on that. I've said a few, and I think I might, <laughs> if I get a chance, I'll upgrade me Zoom to Pro. I'll pay for it, and I'll get like three or four people in, and we'll just do a, a, a multicultural, cross-continental breakdown of the most ridiculously insane, good, bad program I've ever seen in my life. I'd still still think it's just the most berserk amount of stories around one subject mm. it's ever been. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, that's probably exactly what it is, is the fact that there has been so much happen to very few people yeah. that it's purely unbelievable. And if they didn't have a camera following them around, we'd, you'd write it off. Oh, you'd just say they're all batshit crazy. I mean, you yeah. would think they were telling lies because you wouldn't believe mm. Them things would happen. It's it, it's truly amazing, truly amazing. But like you say, mm. maybe maybe in between all the trade talk and stuff, will well, I, I have got an idea of popping in and talking about some more relevant things, so that it isn't always the same. Because obviously, even though I want the podcast to be trade related, because we're all tradesmen, there's nothing saying we can't just talk about things like we wouldn't on the building site. Because sometimes that's yeah, what we're yeah. doing is talking about the TV program or the movie or. Mm. That's just do a do a special edition. Yeah. Oh, tell you what. Every just, every few months. Just before we shoot, and uh, yeah. Obviously, we've been quite struck down by the coronavirus here. I suppose mm-hmm. where you live, where you've been a bit more rural, have you just not really felt it so much? Maybe I'm just just out of interest. Um. No, we we have. Um, because I, I suppose I've had the missus and kids have been on lockdown since this, all this has happened. So they still shut and, the schools um, and everything. Yeah, the schools reopen on Tuesday, the twenty sixth, and the, I've, I've got my two boys going back because they're going to do prep one two. 
you know, I think they're doing 11 and 12. Um, so I think the biggest part that a lot of us have been affected here, and this is probably a global situation, doesn't matter the fact that um, you've been, you know, you can't go and work. If, uh, if I wasn't a sole trader, I'd be in the same position as everybody else. It doesn't matter essential or not. It'd be, I wouldn't be able to work. The construction sites, the majority of them have shut. Yeah. But then there's a lot of them as well that are still operating. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest part is people's fear to, because they don't know what's going to happen and like phones have stopped ringing. So jobs, jobs have stopped coming in. And um, I'm quite lucky in that sense, though, because I've had uh, – I'm booked up this year. Yeah. So, for me, um, not not to gloat, but for me in that scenario, no, um, jobs spoke, isn't, isn't one of the issues. people the same, mate. Job, the, the jobs that they've got and they've got booked in can all go ahead. So, they're not, yeah. they're not panicking about that. Whereas, like, there's other people where jobs have been pulled back and the uncertainty mm. is in front of us. So, even for myself – I do hmm. more subcontracting these days because with the use class yeah. stuff, I can't do, I can't run a business in the traditional sense because I haven't got the time. Yeah. So obviously for me to be subcontracting is a great local firm, but if they feel the hit, I will feel the hit. So my That's work right. will dry up. So I will need to go back to doing more of my own work, which I, I don't mind. You know, I can quite happily get back to. But then it may change up what I'm doing on the regular, if you know what I mean. So yeah. it might be that you've got to start dipping your toe back into work that I possibly don't like to do because it's there mm-hmm. and it's available, which is fine. But the uncertainty is definitely worldwide, I think. Apart from, like say, some people might not get affected. And there'll be probably some people that are going to benefit from it. But I just wondered, because obviously this bigger country is different. I spoke to a few people. I don't seem to have seen a great deal of Australians that have, um, I don't mean lockdown, lockdown, but they've been working still. And I think maybe because yeah. a lot of them work in rural areas though. So if they're already in a house, it's empty yeah. or the customers and um, themselves really don't see a great deal of people anyway and they felt comfortable with it. And as long as they're working safely, then so be it. And we're all different. Like I said, I spoke to a lad, um, a friend of mine, Matt from America, Florida, you know, seemed a little bit different there than here. Same, but different, you know. Obviously, America got different ways of going about things than maybe the Aussies and maybe us Brits. When we relaxed it now, we're, we seem to be getting back on our feet and numbers are doing good, let's say for now. Until mm-hmm. we're going to start because I, for one, believe we could do with trying to get back to some normality whether normality's changed mm. now and we're all doing things completely different from here on in for a year or two or forever. Well, forever. well that pro- probably we the only thing... I- back to it, don't we? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying we need to be putting yeah. in danger, but the longer this goes on, the, mm. the, the end... Because we're end users, I find... I always talk about myself as end user. We're the last person in the house or the first person in the house. We're in a house. Yeah. Now, if people aren't working, they don't have no work done. If that dries up, obviously, yeah. then we're in trouble we have to start looking to the work that we probably don't like doing or we're doing something else. And I don't want to go back to doing that if I have to. <laughs> selfish, yeah, yeah. Selfish, I quite like yeah. my job. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's, that's probably where I've felt it in the sense of, yeah, over here, like, not that you can't be nice to people, you can be nice to people, but basically like, a lot of the nut jobs are out. 
and um, and it's and it, it shows sort of when you do go out and go to the shops. And at the moment, it's sort of it's calmed down a lot more. But when this all first started, I think uh, I spent a day that I didn't go to work. I went to I drove from Ballarat all the way down to Melbourne, going to different shopping centres just to get food supplies because I thought I was one of many people that thought, what are these idiots doing buying all the all the um, yeah. toilet rolls, buying all the food supplies? Like, what the hell are they doing? Like, this isn't World War. They're, they're idiots. And then at the end of the day, it's uh, dog eat dog. If I don't go and look and see that, you know, there's some flour there, we can make stuff with it, and I don't go and grab it, it's um, my kids are going to be the ones suffering. And I know, and that, and that's that's something crazy. where I've been it's a crazy, crazy disappointed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just we're, we're just all the same. With, yeah, just yeah. But yeah. now that it's it's in the start as well, you get that that initial shock uh, where adrenaline obviously can't kick in, and you've got to come to the realization that fuck, what this is this is really happening. The government's saying we can't leave our homes unless you're a central worker. Um, it's reality and then when you go through the motion and it's been happening for eight weeks or and some it becomes normal for us humans we sort of adapt a little bit better yeah um but it's still it's still not stopping the whole because we've got on top of this when people do start going back to the work we've got the realization of we've got the recovery period that a lot of people don't really talk about too much it's the government over here seem to be really worried about hospitality. Hospitality, um, those cafe shops, those um, uh, pub businesses, things like that. They're really worried about. But at the end of the day, it's if they don't work and they're saying that's like eighty-five percent of um, the workforce, then if they're not working, there's a high chance they're not going to call us trades in to do work because they have. That's that's the fact, isn't it? Yeah. That that's right. So even after all this, there might be, you know, a good six or eight months where we're actually doing things that we possibly don't really want to do, but at the same time, it's gonna pay the bills. And I don't mean that's whoring it, yeah. out. When yeah, no, I agree. Mate. It, you, we've got to work, and I won't pull my face. I'm one of them blokes. If the carpentry world dried up in the UK and there was no carpentry work, I'll be doing something else. If you know what I mean? I mean, I've got yeah. this business, but obviously that's a different ball game. I would do something mm-hmm. else. I would not mind delivering parcels. I would do whatever yeah. it takes. I've not got a problem. I will go to work, I'll earn the money and I'll come home. So I'm not going to sweat it. But it's just that uncertainty. And I think, like say, whether I'm asking you or I'm asking somebody else, I think that that's the only thing now that's worrying us. I think we're all quite comfortable in the fact that we know it's not going anywhere. And the majority of us are going to be fine. Uh, and that doesn't mean we shouldn't take it seriously because we should but at the same time we've got to be positive we've got to be optimistic we've got to get back to work um, and like I said whether that means that we're not seeing our families very often or under different circumstances for the next few months so be it because if we don't kickstart the economy and everyone can get back to doing the job best they can oh man I don't know I don't know what the answer is then it's already a mess yeah yeah, well, see, the other, the other side of it that I think will be very interesting is um, I think that 
the cowboys out there are going to end up having a lot less work because people are going to be a little bit more appreciative of the skill force and where their money actually goes. And as I'm sure you're aware of and um, probably a fair few of your listeners would be aware of, when you go into someone's house and you see that it's been done by a cowboy and you've got to do that repair work, clients don't like paying for things twice and that's going to end up starting to get larger where they're going to stop and go, hang on a minute, you're 500 bucks, but the bloke down the road saying he's 350, but what are you doing that's totally different to him? And then when you go, well, to be honest, the next time you call me is for another job, not to fix up someone else's work. Yeah. It's fingers crossed. Like say, fingers crossed. That's how people think, dude, because it's normally the opposite, isn't it? <laughs> it's normally the $200, yeah, well, I think the $200 I... cheaper. They normally, that's when they seem to normally get the work. I remember the last recession, I put so much work right because of the chippies that had come from site. Not all of them. Again, not trying everyone in the same bush because that's not fair. There's some great blokes on site. But a lot of the work I went yeah. to, he was saying, oh, he said he was a joiner and he works for such and such a company, but they had no work on, so we had him do this. Oh, and we don't think it's very good. And quite a few of them were irreparable. You know, it was completely taken out, completely put back in, buy new parts, buy new things and redo the whole job. There was somewhere it was just down to experienced mistakes. They'd made simple mistakes that you could rectify in a day or two. But yeah, I made a significant amount of money at the time on repairing stuff as opposed to installing, if you know what I mean, because yeah. it would yeah. cost more to take it out and put it right and order stuff than to put it in yeah. than it would have just done it in the first place. So like you say, fingers yeah. crossed, that's, that's what will happen this time. But when somebody says they can do it for 100 quid cheaper, sometimes they just win and it's very frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean there. But well, hopefully, yeah, that's right. Hopefully, we'll be. It's ho- hopefully, yeah, yeah. Because I, I can't so even say, say I'm that. I'm optimistic, having... Anthony. I'm optimistic like you, and I think your work stands out. And the way you do your work, possibly you've only got to get another similar job to what you've got now, and you might be busy for another six months to a year. So that's right. Yeah, you might you know you, you've only got to pick up one or two, haven't you? If you can do them jobs, yeah. Instead of someone just coming for a kitchen that may only take you two weeks to make and then install. So there is, yeah. the, there is the aspect of that, isn't there? That will always be. There's no, there's no way around that one, though, I suppose. No. No. That, but then that's where it's sort of what I mean by the whole we might have to revert back to doing stuff that we don't initially want yeah, to do. Yeah, really like, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like, we do it and we'll still do it good. Like, you know, I'm not going to go half-assed in just no. to install a, a kitchen it's still going to be done beautifully and perfectly um but if you have to you have to it's, it. it's just how it's just how it goes because it, it survival's survival's the the biggest part and at the end of the day like me and you can go without a without a feed here and a feed there but when you've got to support your family yeah. it would be a very different ball game mate. very different book we might have mm. stopped we might have started buying tigers then <laughs> <laughs> we want they mate having a few Bloody tigers hell. having a few tigers, tigers and, 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 and even too I'm pretty sure at the back of uh, Baskin's joint she's got some crocs hanging out in the back oh the mate there, she crocs I'm also there mm. kang- kangaroos bears and everything mm, I'm, so I'm pretty sure that those tigers ate, ate a fair bit of uh, of old mate 
And she got the rest of it scooped up and chucked it straight in with the Crocs. Yeah, that's it. She's not stupid. <laughs> no. But listen, dude, it's, no, been, look, you um, it's, been, yeah. it's been really good, mate. Honestly, I've really enjoyed it. I think the story is really interesting. I think people are really going to enjoy it, mate. Um, but I know probably in Australia now it's getting on a bit. Yeah, yeah, 20 past nine. 20 past nine, and it, yeah, it's just getting about lunchtime here. So with that nine-hour difference, uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a crazy, yeah. a crazy yeah. one to organise. But listen, dude, stay safe. Uh, look after yourself. Um, don't work too hard. I know that's probably falling on deaf ears because it looks like you're working hard all mm. the time. But I really appreciate yeah. your time, Anthony. Thank you very much. And we'll definitely dip back in some of them other things in the future. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, absolutely. But look yeah, after absolutely. yourself, dude. Good fun. Um, yeah, you too, again, man. Thank you very much for your time, mate, and I'll speak to you soon. Absolutely. Bye, you man. have a good one. See ya. Congrats. Congrats. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Come again. You're doing a great job. Thank you very much, sir. I don't think you'll regret it. Time to go home. I'm out of here. I'm Pickle Rick. Thank you so much for being my friends. Great job of Knock Podcast.